0: Hello there, listeners. It is I, C.H. Gorog, from the Bloody Thumbs Podcast. One of my favorite books of all time is Douglas Adams' The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. You now, while I love reading the book, sometimes I don't have the opportunity to do so. So instead, I like to go on to audible.com and download the audiobook, written and narrated by Stephen Fry himself. Now, for you, the listeners of the Bloody Thumbs Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. With over 100,000 titles to choose from, from your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And for those of you playing Diablo 3, Diablo 3 The Order is now available on Audible.com. Go to audibletrial.com light thumbs. Trust me, you've got nothing to lose.
1: Into the fray.
0: Into the fray. How you doing, everybody? Fantastic. Excellent. 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 So, Splinter, what? Uh, this is episode. If you now, uh, if I'm correct, it's episode one one seven. Correct?
1: That is correct. I actually, remembered this time. Oh, I excellent. actually did. You, yeah.
0: Do you know which character that references? One one seven.
1: One one seven. I'll give
0: you a hint. He's six feet tall. He wears battle armor, and he is a incredibly competent fighter in the field of warfare.
1: Is so it uh, Mister Master Chief?
0: No, it is uh, a guy, Bruce threepwood from Monkey Island. But thank you for playing. Now, I wanted to tell everybody that I am just more than excited that 117. You know, you're actually right. It does reference Master Chief, but I wanted to drag out the joke a little bit longer. <laughs> uh, that uh, you know, Halo Four is coming up, and uh, everybody should go. Check out the fantastic uh, trailer actually produced by David Fincher, uh, not, di- not actually directed by him. I think he has uh, another cohort there, but uh, you know, go check out the trailer just because it looks fantastic. And if you have some time, some extra time, you don't need to rush out and see it, but part three of the, of the Halo, uh, not Landfall series, but the Halo uh, Forward Under Dawn series. Because now it looks a little bit more exciting than what we had before.
1: How's the dialogue
0: it's still really bad. It's, it's, like the, there's a love story that comes out of nowhere. It's like the, uh, Miranda Tate, Bruce Wayne love story in Dark Knight Rise, where they just like, just by proximity and plot convenience that they get together. It's not, it's not like as, it, it doesn't develop naturally. And, uh, you, there's a part where, uh, you know, the soldier who we're following is, you know, asleep and, uh, the girl is, you know, uh, going through his brother's, uh, uh, vid, video uh messages as you know he his brothers out on the field of battle and so she uh, he she's just going through his uh you know messages without his permission he wakes up and just goes what are you doing and she just goes oh I, you shouldn't let this stuff like weigh you down you shouldn't be you shouldn't be thinking about all the stuff that your brother had out there and these messages they don't need to weigh on your conscience my the next thing i would say is uh, bitch slow your roll step off the computer you have no right to get there but no, just like eh, whatever, he just, he's apathetic to the point of being. He's kind of like Nico Bellic in that way, where you like it's except for like one or two flourishes of character. There's almost nothing about him. He's he's pretty much non-existent.
1: Very neutral. I guess he's the Sam Worthington
0: of, of 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 Halo short video characters.
1: Ah, yeah, that that puts a picture right there in the people's minds, or get a good sense of his character. Yeah, well, what a. What a paranoid chick! I mean, that's uh, yeah. like oh, crazy ex-girlfriends, ain't that, ain't that the truth?
0: Yeah, and it, it it's just it, it. You don't really uh, unless like they specifically point out what their archetypes represent, then you're not gonna know who each person is. It's just, like you have the hacker who, who it just who's just like doing a step too far, uh, like of, of hacking. That's all his character is. There's nothing else that he does. Uh, like there's there's the stuck up chick who you, you know, whose mom is in like the high ranking military position, so she tries to get away. And there's nothing really much else to her character. It, it's sad, but I, I can understand that maybe they had limited time and budget, so they only had to focus on one thing. But not even the main character is that interesting. And but anyway, uh, that aside, uh, number three steps up uh, uh, the uh, the action a little bit because now it's. What I what I really love about some of the uh, early uh, Halo Reach live action trailers is that they show kind of the calm before the storm when something is a bit going on, like uh, the, all the students at the military academy like are realizing that like power's shutting down and messages are being cutting off, and then the, it's it's the beginning of the Covenant invasion, and that's a really really uh, be, that's the best part of it so, of the series so far, just because. You know the kids aren't talking and the dialogue's not being said unless you know you get an elite just going rah, 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 in the dust of uh, of a uh, of, you know of battle and it, it's it's the action looks like it's amping up but it, they haven't really shown a lot and I feel like uh, the last preview gave the impression like oh this is gonna be nothing but action but it's like okay it was just kind of the last tail end which was the big action bits but yeah uh, it looks relatively good. I uh, I uh in terms of the action, not uh, the entire product itself, I would say it's okay, but uh definitely check out the Halo uh Halo 4 uh trailer uh, produced by David Fincher. And it, it it wouldn't be a David Fincher uh associated product without uh horrible disillusionment of humanity because they, damn, it's they they give you so I mean there's there's these weird shot, there's these weird implication of uh Oedipal complex you have Uh, uh, experimentation on humanity, uh, uh, the soullessness of the uh, uh, industrial warfare complex, uh, I'm sorry, the military industrial complex. And it just, yeah, that's definitely David Fincher-esque, where it's like there's nothing really bright and joyful about this.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you about that uh, during the show, but you beat me to it. I'm glad you enjoyed the live-action trailer. We do get a lot of those... um... With some recent uh, release titles, and I don't know how exactly you feel about that as a whole. It's inter- I think I find it interesting sometimes if it when they pull it off really well, and just other times it's a bit too uh, just too forced or not well done, and just like you're better off really? just showing off gameplay footage than mm-hmm.
0: word overstays its welcome.
1: Yeah, some yeah, yeah, that's a a good I think a good chunk of of the ones that do get put out especially um especially maybe not n- notable titles that have uh high notoriety notoriety on people's lists tend to do that
0: mm. yeah like there was um i i, I think it was, the game was time shift where they had this badass uh trailer where there was these um uh, two armed robbers robbing a convenience store and then uh the the, uh you don't remember what time shift was it was basically you know know the game half-life 2 imagine that somebody tried to make a decent first person shooter out of that and then added uh, a time manipulation mechanic and it had a pretty interesting premise where you could slow down time you could stop it you could speed it up kind of uh, very similar to like beautiful joe or or prince of persia where uh you could uh for instance you could uh you could stop time and take an enemy's gun, and like resume time, and like you'd be like, oh, where'd my gun go? And they could shoot him in the face. And then the the, tra- the live action trailer they had was pretty badass, where they had him just uh, uh, the guy in the suit just going into the convenience store while the robbers were robbing the place, uh, and then just use his powers to uh, slow down time, stop time, to, to take the two robbers out, and then leave. And that was that was the most badass part of that entire franchise. Getting able to see the, the slowdown mechanics—it's pretty
1: cool. Cool. Yeah, I, I played that game a while back, and uh, that uh, time mechanic thing kind of overstayed his welcome for me. I never got—I didn't get too far into the game with just uh, without just uh, returning it. And I think I got it from Blockbuster when it was still around here. And yeah. no, I mean I, I, I like the idea of it. It's just—it I, I, could have been implemented better, and it just ended up being. Very run of the mill, uh, first person shooter with just that mechanic that did more harm than good for me. I don't know how, yeah. And I think it was, that was one too, that was another one that ended on a cliffhanger. And then you'll probably want to get a sequel to that and see how that whole thing yeah. resolves. And
0: well, it, it, the strange thing is that, <clears throat> uh, you have games like uh, Dishonored. Uh, you have Bioshock, you have uh, uh, you have uh, Dark games that are aesthetically different than what you know the current market is. But then there's for some reason you know have these big companies changing their uh, uh, the, the image or the style that originally they were promised to, into more kind of mass uh, produced uh, pieces of entertainment, and people don't like it as much. Like for instance, Overstrike uh you know where i i did, i happened to refresh myself when you know we were mentioning it last time i went to go watch the trailer again and i i loved the hell out of the overstrike tra- uh, trailer which was the uh you know uh, uh not naughty dog but um uh who's the developer that's working on Fuse currently
1: uh was it Insomniac
0: yes yes Insomniac they're uh they're currently working on a four person co-op shooter called Fuse and it, it looks like kind of the gritty kill zone. Uh, 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 the, uh the kill zone. Uh, uh, damn it. What was it, What was the other one called? Um, uh, gears, not gears of, uh, well, gears of war as well. They just, uh, resistance. this hmm? resistance. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was, I was just thinking about that when you said that. It's like, oh, yeah, that's resistance. Yeah. Um, and, uh, like that sort of tone of this desperation, uh, this uh, dark and gritty environment. And then, you compare it to the original trailer, uh, which was the original game was called Overstrike, and there was a lot of that insomniac charm in there with the Ra- like with the Ratchet and Clank series, where they had humor, they had characterization, they had personality, which was you know, so refreshing to see. Like, uh, the, the, it starts with the leader of the Overstrike group just being interviewed, and he's like, he's giving. An account for uh, what's going on and what, what happened with this team and why his team is so violent. It's done very, very comical, and I would have loved to see that. It's, it's like Team Fortress 2 esque, where it's right. uh, almost Pixar like. Where it's it, there's something whimsical about the uh, the uh, just about that trailer, and then the new renovated you know trailer that they made out and you know cleaned up. It's nowhere near as interesting. It's just oh, it's a four person co op game. Okay. So, yeah, not, not, I don't know really. I, I guess it was just focus testing and getting in people who didn't really know anything. I, I'm, I, you know, maybe it was just something that the higher ups said, yeah, you know, we have to do this, or maybe it was just out of sheer uh, a want of development. Like there was a a pod a podcast with uh, Victor Lucas and um and uh and uh Scott um. Oh, I can't remember his name, but he's on he's on the run, where uh, he's uh, the host on on the show, where uh, they interviewed actually I think the lead designer of the of the uh, of Fuse, and they, they just if if you listen to them carefully, there's like yeah, Fuse looks boring and incredibly stupid. Why didn't why didn't you stay with something that everyone was really excited for and. Even the guy seems to be like, oh well, you know, it, it evolved in this natural process of yada yada yada, and it, it it just seemed like maybe they were more influenced by how many people can we sell this to than just worrying about uh you know intellectual integrity.
1: It sounded a little bit like that for me, and I did I do remember the trailer they showed. I think it was an E3 or two ago, and yeah, that that was one that pretty uh, stood out. Most for me that I, what I could recall was one of those uh, those trailers, and I was more curious on actually seeing how it would have come to fruition. And just in terms of the gameplay, it could have been it could have been you know drastically different from that trailer for all we know, because I don't think they showed any gameplay when that trailer first hit Journey three. But it, that that was one that was pretty impressive. Just but just the trailer itself. And yeah, That's... I don't know what, what I don't know what happened to the game they had during that time it could have been more more like that with the charm and the and Team Fortress esque.
0: Mm-hmm. Because they had like uh, character designs with the accentuated like the, there's a guy like who has like, this huge chin that can make Bruce Campbell shudder and fear, and it just, it looked so cool and so so refreshing and you know because like this generation has all been dominated by realistic pretty shooters and just very bland color palettes and just very uh, 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 realistic design and characters And i, I don't i i, I want to break from that and like you know the two generations ago uh you know with the gamecube xbox and playstation 2 era we had a lot of platformers and a lot of more comical games a lot more uh you know whimsical games and now, I'd like to see a little bit of that, a nice balance between having the mature uh, adult oriented games and then the, the whimsical fun games. Because, you know, games like, I think, Akami and uh, yeah, it, it was just wonderful games of, of just pure intellectual expression and just artistic freedom that, you know, we don't get to see a lot of. And even games like, i like for instance, enslaved in that uh, you'll try to a new narrative direct a direct in terms of artistic storytelling and just the design like that was cool that was innovative that was fresh and now it's just I don't know I, I I don't I feel like there needs to be a nice balance between the two.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's definitely something that I think people one of the main reasons they were interested in seeing what what was to come with Overstrike because of that it was it was a looked like it was gonna be some sort of third person shooter but that wasn't in in a kind of desolated wasteland where it just have grey color palettes and, and you know for some games I think it works but it's just it's the thing is it's it's the market's oversaturated with that stuff. We we already get that with either Call of Duty or just other shooters in general and yeah, maybe yeah, maybe they do sell well but it's not it's for people who've played those already and in and you're just looking for something different in in terms of presentation, I mean we've gone this far into the uh, three sixty and you know p s three life cycle i mean we should begin you know we got, we already have h d and we you th- you would think we'd get more games that are just like have worlds that are just you know also interesting that you want to visit and it's just colorful all around and, and there's some games that do- have done that, but just for the most part it's been yeah that's just trying to make a game. Uh, have a realistic feel and tone to it,
0: yeah it, it um, yeah it it's the great irony that best looking games for HD are game color and uh, you know a beautiful artistic direction and it and this generation we don't have that instead we have gray and 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 uh, and and uh, and brown and and muted colors and very somber looking things where where we have games like Flower, which really showcase the ability to have just this beautiful, beautiful, just uh, show of uh, almost like paint-like uh, quality to their aesthetics, and just it—it's really, really unfortunate that we have that we're just kind of stuck in this rut of having realistic shooters. But the problem is that I don't think it's even. I, <clears throat> I don't think these games that that have different art styles or different uh, types of, uh, of, of, you know, of uh, look a different look to them. They do well in some in some cases, like, for instance, you have Borderlands, which had, you know, the cell shaded you know comical styles about it. That wasn't serious at all. And it sold very, very well. And it got a sequel. And, you know, you have uh, you even have games like that still do well that have a cartoony style like Super Mario Galaxy, which admittedly it's from Nintendo. So it's, you know, usually equated with quality, but it's still, you know, a very comical, lighthearted tone. It's it's it's, it's just it's it's really confusing how it, uh, that companies seem to think that they need to go gritty. And then when they do go gritty, it's not as impressive as the product that they had before, like, for instance, back to, uh, going back to time shift. The original uh, premise of it was uh, it was a steampunk-esque universe, and which had you know pretty interesting look uh, a pretty interesting premise. But then they switched over to uh, alternate future, uh, di- you know dystopian future, which you know wasn't as interesting. So it's it just it's weird kind of split between trying to appease the stockholders by going with what's popular. And, but then not realizing that if they went with what they were originally going before, they would attract more attention.
1: Yeah, if it's if a game has a you know the same generic color palette as other games do, then it won't stand out as much as one that has just different uh, art, art style that people can get behind and and you know pleasing to the eyes. And I think that's one of the things I really enjoyed about Enslaved was that it was yeah it was uh, kind of Futuristic, kind of dystopian type of uh, environment, but it it was kind of also, uh, you know, behind all that, it was still pretty uh, colorful and, in some ways, uh, pretty beautiful in some um, scenes, and just a lot of, um, from what I recall, I've only played it once, but it had a lot of um, kind of just kind of tropical type of uh, dystopian future Um, to it, which would look it looked pretty good.
0: Yeah. It. You know, I mean, you even have games like um, Joe Danger, which, you know, has a, a, a nice car- cartoony aesthetic, kind of like a beautiful Joe. And, and that's done very well, but it's also done in a different market where um, it's downloadable games. And and frankly, if you want experimentation and, uh, uh, and you want uh, to avoid the hassles of being you know, a AAA developer and trying to appease the entire market, do that. Just release smaller games on a smaller budget with a smaller team who needs to work within limits because when they work within limits, that's when they get really creative. And for instance, I I think that would be probably the best thing for the resident evil series to do right now, just because you have this bloated budget of a game where, you know, they have a 600 plus development team on uh, who just didn't quite grasp the concept of having focus and story direction because you have, You know, three, well, four different campaigns that are all all trying to have a different tone to them, but none of them seem to be that well developed in terms of the other one. It in in fact, the best uh, campaign that people have been saying is Leon's campaign, but only just because it is the most like just classical Resident Evil uh, type of survival adventure, while the other ones are just trying to ape on uh, the kind of popular. the 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 more popular uh, styles of of the action genre right now, and frankly, I would I would love to see maybe a smaller development team work on downloadable Resident Evil game and give it their best.
1: Yeah, I think so too. It's some, it's certainly something that wouldn't hurt to try. And it's uh, like he said, it's, it's when when you're have if you don't have a lot of of a budget, you, you do you do things to compromise the the small budget, and it, they end up being creative. Uh, decisions that can make can make a break of the game and just a lot like in the movies how they improvise a lot on on some things and how they shoot or where they go to film it because on they're on a budget so they have to come up with very creative ways to get things done
0: mm-hmm and like uh, for instance most famously the Silent hill series that uh Because of their limitations with the hardware, they had to incorporate the fog into the the, uh, Silent Hill landscape. But that added only to the the terror and the the tension of everything just because you couldn't see what was coming in front of you. And because of that, that was really what almost is a staple mark of the series now, just that dense, terrifying fog that you can't see through. And that that came purely out of the limitations. So I, I feel like when you have creators who have... The, this big budget and and all the time in the world and and just absolutely multitudes of people working on it, they run the problem of being too complacent, where they don't challenge themselves enough to say, okay, what can we do that's even bigger better? How, how can we work within limitations? What can we show off that we haven't been able to show off before? Which is kind of one of the reasons why I wasn't a big fan of Gears of War 3, because it seemed very complacent with everything that it had going for it. And the things that they incorporated were just there to say like oh this is we're trying to be new but it didn't feel challenging at all like the entire story with the lambent and how they were the main bad guys to show a, a, a new center of uh, you know baddies to to, uh, to fight against but it didn't really work and I, I feel like that was just they were just so complacent with the style of gameplay that they had that they tried to make a small change but not really challenge themselves for that.
1: Yeah, I think I also think that some big budget, big budgeted games kind of lose focus on what they really want to do with a particular game, and sometimes they sometimes miss the very, um, very simple and obvious uh, parts. Uh, like Resident Evil 6 had, uh, it it just didn't. Uh, the The main problems I've heard is that the the main the easy, the basic stuff they couldn't get right. If I'm trying to recall which one it was, but I know that basic things like the, the aiming was just a little all sometimes and just the the basic things that should be that should be uh not an issue with most games are are sort of an issue there.
0: Yeah, man. It sorry, I was I was I was Oh yeah. Did, did I cut out?
1: I thought you did for a second. And it was just like this big awkward pause.
0: <laughs> well, sorry about that. Uh, it's uh, I don't know if it was on my end, but um, it it you know when you have a you know a big bloated budget and you know people are going to buy your game because it's freaking Resident Evil, which is it, it's 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 almost detrimental to the fact that they didn't need to. It, I, <clears throat> I know developers probably had thought like over at Capcom saying like, oh, we need to. Make this broader appeal to the West, but you don't understand with a franchise as big as, say, Final Fantasy or Resident Evil. If you stick to your guns and uh, try to make an experience that is true to the core of the series and not just trying to pander to any other demographic, you're you're still going to get the people to buy it. I mean, for instance, Resident Evil 6 has not been well received by a lot of critics. In fact, the majority of I've been uh, have you know been between mediocre to the very poor reviews. But it's still selling well, just because of the fact that it's a Resident Evil game on on a console, and people will buy that. And it's and it, it, I I understand their uh, their hesitation on doing that, just because these are you know very big franchises and don't want to go uh, in the wrong direction, but then just don't spend as much money into it. Just uh, you know make a team who's who's willing to to put in the effort to make something smaller, a lot more intimate, a lot more personal, a lot more. Uh, yeah, of uh, uh, creatively interesting than you know a big budget game like save the big budget game for if that's if that one works up then you can have uh, all the money just to embellish all the you know, bells and whistles and try some new things as well but you'll still just have the core mechanics of something working really really well
1: yes that is right yes i think maybe doing too much is can can mess up a game maybe that's Maybe maybe the the less you do it, the more it has uh, impact. If that yeah. makes any sense, I, I I don't know. I've I've just finished playing Resident Evil Three, and that's I think I mean I haven't played a lot of a lot of them. I just played that, and like the worst one was like Survivor. I have played I haven't played four, which I mean I've I've heard good things from you know from you and just everybody else that's played it, and you know, I mean I've, I've been, I enjoyed three for 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 what it was, and. I'd rather, frankly, rather play that than the ones that they have now, like f- five or six. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's yeah. it, I think it's just cause it's that basic, it's just basic thing. It doesn't try to do too much. Like sticks mm-hmm. to one, one thing. It's just survive.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, um, did for instance, well, I, I'll, I'll bring up Resident Evil Four, and why that works so well is just that because they have the shooting mechanics work very, very well. You have the quick turnaround button and the run button to help you. Move and you can only really do one action at a time. And because of that, you have to, you have, you're you're mentally uh, uh, making yourself more efficient and trying to say, like, okay, I got to go over here, avoid this damage, then swipe at this guy with my knife, then put out my gun, shoot this guy in the head, then run over here, then pick this up. And because of the fact that you're not doing multiple things at a time, you have to, you know, compartmentalize and categorize uh, what actions you want to take. And I really like that. And then, uh, for instance, I'll, I'll, something that I that I was thinking of, uh, a game that tries to do too much, I was I think is maybe uh, you know I'll do a comparison, uh, Donkey Kong uh, 64, which you know I, I love I really love the game I think it's you know a good game but I think it does it tries to do too much where it has like gun mechanics, uh, platforming, uh, you have the you know special moves and it it feels like there's so much crammed in there that it doesn't have an identity of itself and even though it's been you know, polished a lot by Rare uh, when it came out for the N64. There was still, uh, it was still problematic just because you also had like racing aspects of the of the game and uh, and cart adventures, and it just it felt too it felt too much. But when you had a game like Donkey Kong Country Returns, you uh, Retro was able to make sure that there was a very limited amount of actions you could take but they polished those actions to a mirror sheen and made those incredibly fun and it had the identity of being an awesome platformer where you just jumped and picked up barrels and that was the entire basically the entirety of, of your moveset and I, I think that that worked very well in its interest i mean you can do a lot of complicated things in video games but it's just harder to have as an engaging time as, as just throwing everything against the wall and seeing what sticks rather than just having one thing that you're really good at.
1: Right. Right. So, yeah, that's a uh, little discussion there on some big budget games. We got a long way from the first beginning conversations of the live action Halo, Halo trailer.
0: Yes. Yeah, I, was, yes uh, yeah. but I was a little disappointed that Brad Pitt didn't show up in in uh in the Halo four trailer, just, just walking up to a Promethean and going, "What's in the box?" and then showcasing a shoebox or something.
1: Oh yeah, and no, definitely there are people in a the line up there and uh, all just in their underwear. So he could have would have been perfect for it. You know, he got, you know how he likes showing off his abs.
0: Yeah, that that son of a bitch. I I I think I've told you all before, but I'll never, never, ever, ever like Brad Pitt's character in Fight Club just because. He, the, the one scene where like they're looking at a, that, like a, they're on the bus and they're looking at an ad for like an under un, underwear ad for guys. And there's a model with like a six packs like, oh, yeah, that's what a man's supposed to look like. Yeah, whatever. And then the next thing he takes a shirt he's got a fucking eight pack. It's like, listen, you son of a bitch, you do not get to say that. And then <laughs> just be like an Olympian God crafted from I uh, from ebony, you know? Yeah. It's, sorry. I mean, ivory. Ebony would probably be the the guy from the uh, Old Spice commercials.
1: That's right.
0: And it just it like you son of a gun. I will I would no. I I you know what I like. I really really enjoyed you in True Romance as the stoner on the couch. But I can't t- I can't be with you right now. You just you just going too far.
1: Yeah, I forgot he was in True Romance because he wasn't um very much in it. But yeah, there are definitely some notable appearances of some. Big name actors in uh, True Romance, and you know, so poor Christian Slater is still reduced to direct DVD movies.
0: Oh, poor Christian Slater, and he's a good actor. I, I love True Romance. So uh, now that you mentioned it, I'm gonna keep bringing it up. True Romance is awesome. It's, it's got, it's got so many great characters. Christopher Walken, it's, it's got Samuel Jackson, and, and of course Brad Pitt. It's it got Christian Slater and Patricia Arquette so good everyone is so awesome and uh, val kilmer val kilmer is in, as is a hallucinatory image of of elvis presley you can't really you can't how is it you can't get any better than that and it, it is sad to see that uh, uh val kilmer not have as big of a career as you know a lot of people thought he would just because he seemed to be like kind of the next guy in line to be you know so the big thing but he you know he he's done my own worst enemy. He's still getting work, but and that's good. But you know I, I would still like to see him do a lot, a little bit more. And he is a good actor. If you, if you don't believe me, just check out True Romance or uh, or uh, go and see uh, the episodes of West Wing that he guest starred on because he was really good in those.
1: I think he meant Christian Slater. You meant you meant Val Kilmer. Him, him too. Him too. I think he's he's dropped off since
0: Val Kilmer before he decided to eat half of a bathtub.
1: Since because... uh, well, Batman forever
0: yeah he was he was batman he was batman he was uh ice and uh top gun and then for and then he just ballooned to uh in uh, in uh kiss kiss bang bang he was still good in it but damn it just, wow he, that that guy I, I don't know what it was maybe he just had an allergic reaction on set to robert Downey jr's hair gel or something but damn he just that is just damn
1: yeah i i, I watched top gun recently and i didn't realize how homoerotic that movie was.
0: It's pretty obvious, especially it's like uh Tony Scott is oh uh, well it was. Rest in peace, Tony. but he was, you know, he's a homosexual man, so might as mm, putting some stuff in there for you know for himself and for the ladies. So good good on him for that. But yeah, it is it's pretty obvious, especially during the volleyball scene of like it has no narrative reason like to be there, just like, oh, them having a good time, but the slow motion and the Close up on their abs and their shorts. Like I was, uh, I was walking down, I was, uh, I was walking downstairs uh, to the basement to get a drink uh, from uh, the, you know, the fridge that we have, where you know it's kind of the party area, and we were having, and my parents were having some of their family friends over, and they were watching Top Gun, and that scene came up, and I was like, wow, this is probably awkward for everybody who didn't live through the '90s and thinking that you know this was normal, <laughs> and then nowadays, yeah. like, uh, this is a little too homoerotic for our tastes. <laughs>
1: I know, I know. I saw that movie as a youngster, and I thought that was cool. Just the, those flying planes there, man. Those uh, was it F 18s or whatever?
0: Yeah, the uh, principal from Back to the Future, just like going like, ah, you're the top gun now. You don't you know, look at my bald head, and don't look at me. Just look at the head. Dude. And frankly, you guys are now the top guns. You slacker. <laughs> you're, just like your father, McFly. Just like your father, Cruz. Yes, slack always will be.
1: Yeah, that in uh, Batman Forever was goddamn. It was that uh, cheesy and comic booky. Didn't realize as as much, but you know, I don't know. Val Kemmer played it pretty straight for the most part. He did have some pretty cheesy lines, but he seemed like he played it straight. And he was like a, you look like a GQ model there when he was yeah. Batman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now um. When I saw him recently in uh, the *Bad Lieutenant* with Nicolas Cage.
0: Oh, nice, nice. It, it uh, *Bad Lieutenant* is one of those movies I haven't seen yet, but I've been told that it's so awful that it's good. Oh uh,
1: no, I, th- I thought it was—I thought it was fine. I—I I, I haven't seen the original. I've only seen like the like the like the best scenes of that one with uh, Harvey Keitel, but uh, not not. I didn't think that. Bad lieutenant was that bad. I, uh, the the. It was you know, a good the, lieutenant. It was a good lieutenant. Yeah. I mean, there were some awkward moments with those. Uh, yeah, I'm probably you probably heard about the, the what was it, the iguanas and things like that. Yeah. There was, was some weird shot angles in that, in that, in, that scene, in that scene, but everything else was. I thought that was pretty solid. The story and um, I don't know. It was probably the same as the the original was just. Nicholas Cage playing the, like a homicide detective, and he's just like a, a drug addict, and just you know being a bad lieutenant, you know,
0: Yeah, yelling at old ladies, which which was died. awesome, yeah, it... and banging and
1: banging uh, chicks, broad guys, broad, in exchange for not busting them for having cocaine on them, <laughs> right, right, right in front of them.
0: Wow, that that is. That is certainly a bad lieutenant.
1: Yeah, you got I think at the end, the end of the film is him getting uh, promoted as as a lieutenant, and I think he still uh, secretly is on on the, on the drugs. You th- you think that he he quits by the end, and then he gets right back on, right back on the saddle.
0: Yeah, it it's one it's one of those movies where he's like oh they'll never change. Oh those rascalious little scamps taking cocaine and having sex with other people's ladies who they shouldn't.
1: Yes. The abuse of power. Yep.
0: Yep, but, yep, yep. But I digress.
1: Um, uh, what it ha- Have you been playing any more Charles Buckley? Char- yes, up and yes, game? I have. I've got yeah. a, I definitely got a couple of games i I'd like to talk to you about that, that I've been playing. I have been, I have played Beyond Good and Evil. Excellent. I found... Uh, it was on the, since I got it on the good old games on, uh, for the PC for about, like, 3.99, dollars 99 so that, that was a pretty splendid deal, and it's, I would happily pay more for, for that game, because I'm pretty, I'm really enjoying it, and it, er, early on I tried to, it was, there were some, um, graphical hiccups with it, It's was like, oh no, this is already starting out bad, because, like, the, there are, like, t- t- uh, screen tears, and then the, the characters, the eyeballs are all over the place, and then I just looked on some forums, and they had people had the uh, certain settings that you have to set it to, so the game looks better. So now the game looks fantastic now. It's no issues since I looked through the good old game forums on the Beyond Good and Evil thing. I guess we had a little little bit of issues with the the PC, but I got through I got through it, and now the game looks fantastic
0: wonderful i mean it it definitely has one of those great art styles and just honestly it's just one of the most kind of creative looking worlds imaginable where it's it's anthropomorphized you know animal people but it doesn't it doesn't feel as kind of obvious as maybe like a a disney version of that where you know have just like lions like acting you know having human looking features it's like a crossbreed almost like uh uh, uh, the Jeff Goldblum Brundlefly, sort of looking almost where it's like they have they almost have more animal features than you know human features, but they look human just enough to, to satisfy the idea that okay they're people you
1: know. Yeah, they 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 come off as real people and not not like sometimes with Disney characters where they they'll have they'll just do things that are I guess um, you know relative to what their what their animal is so. If there's are yeah, if like, they're a snake, they're
0: like,
1: ah, it's like there are snakes, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're they're basically if they're a snake, then they're obviously gonna be played by Steve Buscemi. That's there's, there's no there's no debate in that. And we're just Steve Buscemi just looks like he's ready to unhinge his jaw and eat an entire chicken just because. He, he, I mean, he's a great actor. I think he's one of the the best you know actors of our generation. He still look he, he looks slimy and looks like he's about to ready to shed his skin.
1: Yeah, and certainly had one of the best scenes in Reservoir Dogs with the the tips.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> playing the smallest violin in the world, and just and also just being the only one who's a professional around here. Cause oh yeah. Apparently, no one else is gonna be. So, and just at the very end, where where everybody's like shooting each other, he's just like, "Oh fuck this, I'm out of here," and <laughs> he just kind of sl- slowly sneaks away as everybody's you know as everybody's getting shot and killed.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's Steve Buscemi for you. No, I'm 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 digging the hell out of Beyond Good and Evil, and yeah, like you like you mentioned, it has a very wonderful and creative looking world, and just you know full of colors. That's what we were bringing up early on the colors in games, and you know once I got everything working, it looked pretty good. Just from the beginning, started you know with um with Jade, you know doing some do some meditating yoga, and then the sun rising. That was a pretty nice scene there, and then. The – everything uh, going going to the shits with those yeah, – oh, yeah. uh, I forget the names. And then trying to get the power yeah. back on and the, on the tower, I think.
0: Oh, yeah. It's – it's. I love the fact that it just starts right off it, kind of with an established universe where it doesn't do the slow burn sort of thing where it's uh, – you know, you get introduced to the character, then the powers, then the – then the money, then the power, then the women, then, you know, just, it gets, it jumps right into it. And what I love about that is that it's an established universe. People know who Jade is. They just go up to, you know, shops and they're just like, Hey, Jade, how you doing? And just, it gives you a sense of, of, of connection to the actual community rather than just being somebody walking into a new town and, and learning from there. Like Link from Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time where, you know, that's, that's a great game, but you know, there's something uh, to be said about a, a, having a character, actually be a part of the community and be connected to that community than just being an outsider, you know, learning to be, uh, connected to everything.
1: Oh yeah, that's certainly a different, uh, change of pace for, for me on that and that aspect. And it was cool to see, to see that, uh, you know, as you progress, you learn new things and, you know, uh, taking pictures to get some extra, extra money and, uh, and some pearls. And I, mm-hmm. I, I think the pearls are going to be coming into play pretty big as, as I progress. It's, uh, just oh, yeah. like some pearls and things like that, and I think I, I got as far as um uh, was it it's a penge getting getting taken away, so it's getting really good. I'm gonna see what what comes what comes up next. I'm I'm, I'm digging the, the just the simplicity of the the combat and just the the characters are good and a lot of almost everything about it is pretty pretty good about it. It's and uh, uh, I like the I sort of like the 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 stealth the stealth missions in the game. I get some sometimes I, I messed up and the the controls got the better of me. And then, I, but it's not very it's not very punishing in that that aspect when you get killed or anything like that. So it's that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, it, it's um, it's it's one of those games where it's not un, it's not like anything. It's similar to other game concepts, but it, it really is its own thing. Kind of like uh, a lot of pseudo-51 games, like Killer 7, where it has aspects of these different games, but it combines them in a way which is really uh, you know, a, just a fascinating combination. So very postmodern on uh, on the develop on Ubisoft for developing uh, Beyond Good and Evil, like as it, as it is.
1: Yeah, um, I, I like well, I like the fact that they mix it up a bit. There, you know, there there'll be puzzles and you know some platforming and stealth. And stealth missions, and you know, sh- doing some,
0: uh sh- some sh-
1: yeah, some hovercraft shootouts. Those are those are fun, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm digging it. And Jade is becoming, I mean, quickly becoming one of my favorite uh, female protagonists. So,
0: yeah, well, I mean, it's uh, it's it's also she's also a very uh, groundbreaking uh, female protagonist in the fact that she's not just waltzing around in a metal bikini. So you know that's that's some that's some new new direction right there.
1: That's right. I mean, her and Bayonetta are my top two.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you're, you're going to be really surprised when she starts summoning demons with her hair. So just, just be just be prepared for that.
1: Is that in the director's cut?
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, the HD collection.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I haven't compared it to the HD collection. I don't know how... I'm sure the HD collection looks a bit more more polished, and you know the controls are are all mapped out nicely. Because I had to actually go beyond the depths of the internet world to try to you know map out the the controls. Because I, I I'm playing it off of a 360 controller, and I, I figured it's a that's a lot better than the mouse and keyboard. I have just never been too comfortable that way, and I've used this uh i have used this program called Xpadder to to set it all up, and just just when you when you're doing actions on your controller, it'll it'll emulate you know the actions you would do on the keyboard and mouse. So fortunately, someone someone had uh, already did all the all the work for me. So all I had to do was just uh, load up the profile of of the game. So I just just play it off play it off of that, and not have to map out any controls. It does get a bit confusing sometimes because it says hit the the space button to jump or something like that. It's like uh, it's like which which button on this control is the space button? I don't I don't know. And then I, then I mess up. But I got I've gotten used to it now. So I I think I should have I would have been better off doing it on the, on the Xbox Live. It's only like 800 Microsoft points, so it's not not too bad. I only had probably play pay a couple of extra bucks then compared to the. Good old games version, but it was it would have saved me a lot of time and but any regardless it's uh, I got I got everything set up nice and dandy and it's and it's been a pretty wonderful experience so far and I'm digging I'm digging everything about it so far.
0: Excellent, excellent. I I, I I'm glad that you're enjoying some uh, good old games goodness on a you know nice discounted price and I'm also very very glad that you're enjoying the Beyond Good and Evil experiences because, you know, if I if I can get one person to to play Beyond Good and Evil, uh, I'll, I'll be a happy, happy man. That or Psychonauts.
1: Uh, oh, yeah. That, that's probably on my on my next list there because I, I think it's on good old games, too. So, yeah, I've been getting a couple things off of there. It's a very good site, and mm-hmm. uh, I think I did... I also got the Duke Nukem 3D on there, too. The uh, atomic edition. I don't know what the what that. I think it adds more things. I don't know what exactly, but I'm trying. To, I'm also trying to figure out how to map it to the 360. And it's certainly. I know I, I played the, the like the the trial demo of the Duke Nukem 3D on the Xbox Live Arcade. It does have a pretty nice feature. So when you die, you get to uh, you. Get, when it, it puts you on the screen where you could either rewind back to a certain moment, you could see like your kind of a replay of what you were doing before you got killed and you can like respawn from kind of any any point. Uh, I don't know what the limit is, but it's a you know a couple of minutes or seconds and you can respawn and uh maybe do something different to to kind of avoid getting killed again. So that I thought that was a pretty interesting feature. It doesn't it doesn't have that on the PC version. Just you know the basic uh saving and quick loading, but I thought that was a pretty nice feature to add on to the 360 um, version of Duke Nukem 3D. It certainly gives you a nice uh, incentive to actually purchase it and kind of replay through it again. And you know, those since the game was wasn't really made for like widescreen, you know, HD televisions has that. uh, I think it's like the 4D display and has the Duke Nukem, you know, uh, artwork, you know, on the sides next to it. So that's kind of cool and. I think they also have Duke Nukem Manhattan Project. That was certainly a different uh, direction they took with the the Duke Nukem games, which is it was basically a kind of platforming third person uh, side scroller. That, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I play. I have. I think I have it on the PC. I played a little bit of that a while back. I haven't picked it up again, but that that from what I played, that was um, pretty entertaining too. It's certainly a bit different than. You know, obviously the first person Duke Nukem 3D, but that that was cool.
0: Excellent. I mean, uh, it, it's always nice to go with franchise that you love and then get a little bit more bang for your buck. I I have enjoyed uh, uh and, and also just uh quick quickly before I forget, I wanted to ask you uh for the Duke Nukem Manhattan Project, it said it's now more of a plat, it was more of a platformer. Does did that affect the shooting mechanics at all, or were were they still there just with the platforming now?
1: Oh yeah, the, the, there's shooting in the game too. You're just, you're just like jumping, you know. It's like a side scroller. You go from left to right and then just jumping around. And and also, yeah, sometimes you would go right, right to left too. It's just it has, it's just a basic um, Duke Nukem type of gameplay, but it's just like in a third person, you know, side scroller um, gameplay. And you know, you're, you're still collecting key cards to get into the next um, area of the game. And but you're just doing it in. Kind of uh, side scrolling in uh, a side scrolling uh, presentation. I don't know if you've seen any footage of it, but I thought it's it ain't too bad. I thought that was a different, uh, you know, different take to, the, to do with Duke of 3D to mix things up a bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, I, I I do like uh, <clears throat> different interpretations of, of gameplay. If they work really really well, like uh, fan remakes or for instance, they had uh, the Halo 2600 uh, game where it was just Halo Combat Evolved, but as if it was made on the Atari 2600. So there's only about four different types of colors and just like two sprites. And they, you'd think it wouldn't work, but from the gameplay that I've been able to see, it looks pretty awesome. And for the fact of the matter is that it's, uh, gonna, it's actually... Uh, it was only d- done in very limited release, where it was handed out for you know a 2600 cartridge at special events, and so there's been whispers of, of it coming to the Xbox Live Arcade, or you know if, if they make it a free game, that would be even more awesome, just because it was done by one guy, and damn, if it doesn't look damn cool, and, right? Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. The Manhattan Project and just original Duke Nukem 3D are both, I think, both have basically the same kind of. Goals you would do like collecting key cards and shooting pig cops, but the but they're you know presented in a different way. You know one of this first person and the other is a kind of a side scroller. So that that was interesting and um, I've been messing around with uh, with some high resolution mods for Duke Nukem 3D and uh, I gotta say it's pretty pretty impressive. I um I, I kind of wanted to play through the the whole game with the with the mods. I mean there's so much you could do whether you can you know. Put your own soundtrack to it, and people have made their own soundtracks to the Duke Nukem 3D that you can throw in there, and you can you can have um, actual uh, uh, like like triple X uh, features to it. So like when you like the first level, when you turn on the, the the projector in the theater, you you know how the you see the babe dancing in the on the screen, but but instead with oh, yeah. uh, with the mod, the triple X mod, you just have the the same 3D model, but it's just naked with the with all the all the goodies showing, so if that, that's what you're into there, then make it a more mature Duke Nukem experience. That's a that's a mod you could throw up on there. And yeah, I love the I definitely love the the mod community on putting that much effort into the into the game, making it more. Uh, you know, they add a lot of textures and, and more um you know more polygons in the in the Duke Nukem 3D mods. It was cool, but it, it yeah it definitely feels like a different game when you, when you uh. When you look at it.
0: Well, it definitely seems like uh, the modding community really is a collective consciousness of 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 game theorists on the level of David Bordwell, really just looking at post theory and just enjoying and just enjoying the delights of intellectual stimulation of how much naked can we get this woman before it's too naked? And then they say, let's go all the way. And then they put that in the mod. You know, and, and I appreciate that very, very much. They are awesome, awesome people, and thank you very much, mod community. You guys make games worth playing after they are far after they're released. I gotta say.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I've I haven't gone too far into seeing the uh, the mods there. I've only seen just that early part of the game with the projector. Uh, I know there are a couple of little F- FMVs in in the game as you progress through the to this. I think second or third level. So I don't know how far they go in, they go with the triple X mod if the with the i think there's that area um i recall with the strip club and then I think before the strip club you they have these uh areas where you can open the doors and you can see uh like like porn on there so I don't know how far they went with that in in terms of the mod I'm actually curious though, but I would
0: love it if they just like in like they had the the high class mod where it's just like Instead of uh, you know a, a slideshow of, of like porn, they just like had uh, like a French film from like 1952 where it's all silent and none of it makes sense. It's like like f- uh, French experimental stuff. And then like it, when you have like the strippers go on stage, they actually like come out and like start reading poetry. It's like wow, this is this is the most classy Duke Nukem game I've ever played in my life.
1: Yeah, they change the dialogue and everything. That'd be that'd be cool. <laughs>
0: I'm here to theorize about life and chew bubblegum, and I'm all out of gum.
1: Oh yeah. You know, reciting, reciting Shakespeare and things like that. Actually, uh, it would be cool to see like a, you know, 50s or 60s, you know, girls mod where it's just, uh, you see just pin-up girls on, you know, on the posters. Page, the Page,
0: Marilyn Monroe.
1: Yeah, things like that. It's like, nice games. You know, those old school <laughs> pin-up model posters. Look at
0: this name. She's... Look at the nice scams, dames. Why don't you go talk with me in the dob over at the chiva stop? Yeah, say yeah.
1: Probably, you know, promoting lucky strides and things <laughs> like that.
0: Having a glass of scotch at the end of the day.
1: Sarah Lee Breton. <laughs> mm.
0: So good. Mad Men needs to needs to have a community mod like that.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, the yeah the Mad Men mod for, for Duke Nukem. I think they have a. Well, I was looking through the list of mods. I think they have some sort of Star Trek mod for Duke Nukem 3D. I mean, that's you know that goes to show you that the creative minds of the mod community can can certainly extend the life of a game and just absolutely change the game and make it a completely different uh game. I remember one of the coolest mods, coolest mods I ever tried out was like the Max Payne 2 mod, where you can play you can play the game in the setting of uh, Equilibrium. You know, they you can they have a level oh, where you, awesome. could the, you could do the you can do the training and. Mm. It, it, it's cool, but it's, it can get very complicated. There's so much, there's so much moves you can do in that game. So I just never really bothered to look into how to do a cool certain equilibrium-esque move, you know. And we certainly, Dunkada. yeah, Dunkata. I never, I didn't get too, I didn't get into uh, Dunkata a lot. So that's that's as far as I got with the with the mod. But there there is some very creative creative uh, animation and gunplay going on in that uh, Max Pain 2 mod. Well, that's, very impressive. I uh, I think there's some footage on on YouTube. It's yeah, very very cool. And they also, I think that, you know, they all can they can also make their own own game with uh as well. They made some sort of um some sort of kind of mafia two mafia like the first mafia game like the 40s you know black and white. It was it was some sort of black and white um 40s mod of Max Payne like the first one that was interesting too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and That goes to show you that the modding for PC games is awesome, and definitely there's definitely some cool ones out there now for some for Skyrim. They got so many of those, you know, the, the Macho Man mod with the him flying down <laughs> and shooting. Oh yeah! Oh yeah, that's that that was a good one. You know, just the beginning part of the game where you get about to get your head chopped off, and you can hear you can hear Macho Man in the distance. Like, what was that? What is this? <laughs>
0: You're going nowhere.
1: I got you for three
0: minutes.
1: (laughs) I think survive, survived survived the Randy Savage dragon in three minutes.
0: uh, It it just shows you how much talent and dedication there is in in just the mod community. And and speaking of mods and uh, fan remakes of things and and demakes of things, uh, have you been looking at uh, Retro City Rampage that much?
1: I do, I do, I did have the opportunity to play a little bit of it, but not not too much. I've only like really literally played five minutes of it, but I I did purchase that off of good old good old games, but I haven't gotten too far into it. I know that uh, you know, members of the Destructoid uh, website are on there, you know, ranging from Jonathan Holmes to Tara Long yeah. and just all the kind of the detoid staff there are in the game that you can play yeah. as.
0: Yeah, a lot of members of the uh a lot of members of the community, which is nice to see of people getting uh shout outs to. I mean, the next best thing would be a fighting simulator, uh, where you get to pit Ken Levine and Cliff Blazinski against Peter Molyneux and Jade Raymond and just have just a grand old time and like you, like you can also like for an assist trophy, you could have like uh Shigeru Miyamoto just come back and just smile somebody to death, just like blast them off the stage. It'd be awesome.
1: Reggie Fils-Aimé. <laughs> mr caffeine mr caffeine super oh. move
0: mr caffeine i assume would move like sonic on the chaos emeralds where he just he's so fast he just he's he's fast in the blink of an eye and just and then all you all you can hear throughout the entire thing is he's beating the crap out of you
1: didle,
0: didle, didle, didle.
1: <laughs> Be the most annoying uh character the fight maybe they could, they can make him like a boss and be him as be have him be as annoying and and cheap as uh as Chao yes, Chao Kahn and Mortal Kombat.
0: It's um oh and uh and yeah, Retro City Rampage has a lot of uh community members, like even uh, people like uh Victor Lucas and uh Scott Jones, I remembered his name now, and just. It's nice to see that kind of dedication, but it's also incredible just because that's, it, Retro City's Rampage started off as a uh, Grand Theft Auto uh, remake or demake, or like the original Grand Theft Auto, it's the top-down perspective. And right. so it's just uh, it's just this one guy who worked years on this game, and it, it's now it's, its own thing, and it's filled with you know a bunch of references and a cover system, which yeah, I was completely surprised about. Where it's a you know a letter to people who enjoyed arcade style in the 80s and 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 just kind of the 16 bit and 8 8 bit eras and, j- and just having just a grand old time with as much uh, vehicular and uh, just any type of really manslaughter imaginable and uh, yeah, I'm I'm very very happy that you know games like this are get to be made and it's it would probably on uh, the qual I would say it would probably be similar to Charles Barkley shut up and jam where it just Somebody working their buns off trying to make you know a very intimate and personal game for them, and just it's the it looks pretty awesome, and I can't wait to download it for myself.
1: Yeah, I like, only, uh, only hope that before the end of the year we get we get some sort of 3 360 live arcade Charles Barkley shut up and jam. Uh, that'd be the ultimate Christmas present right there.
0: That would, but then again, they—I the, uh, mean—Microsoft hasn't been able to actually pony up the money for to get uh, Prince of Persia: The Sands of Time on the games on demand section. So I'm not sure how receptive they'll be to the greatest game of all time in terms of games that uh, happen to star Charles Barkley.
1: So and since it's a shareware game, maybe they just take it and post it up there. It's like, hey, why not?
0: It, it's yeah, it's for free. It's full free. Why, yeah, I, I, I mean, all they need is just the permission of the guys to do it, and then they could just make it for free. I mean, for uh, for goodness sake, they they had that uh, racing game that was the, they put out for free on Xbox Live, uh, not Overstrike, but um, uh, it was it, it, dang it, I I keep forgetting it was it was a really good uh, uh, racing game where you could also jump in the turrets, kind of like Crimson Skies, High Road to Revenge, so and uh, you got to game. either you know blast the crap out of people, you know, racing or 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 whatnot, and just that, that was a really good game, and that was uh, done for free. Whoa. Yeah, it was that, and that was a really good one. So I don't understand why they just can't just say like, "Oh, hey, it's Charles Barkley. Shut up and jam for everybody." He wants it, and uh, to be honest, I i playing Charles Barkley more and more. I think it's I think it's a really good game. I you know you got, you got your Cyber Dwarf there. You got hoops going on and hoops, hoops.
1: I gotta then, I got I gotta play it more because I. Left off at the very traumatic and you know climax you know part of the game you know you 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 want to see what happens in the end will you find a cure for the type two diabetes for hoops time <laughs> time will only tell for me because I need to finish it mm-hmm.
0: and uh, you you know now that I'm thinking about uh, now that I'm thinking about it uh, there seems to be a uh, uh, certain fan remakes or uh games uh, catering to retro style of taste like for instance the Mega Man 9 where it had the retro looking graphics or Retro City Rampage or you have for instance Charles Barkley Shut Up and Jam or Breath of Death 9 where it, they're all you know classic looking or uh, retro looking uh games where you have very minimal 32 bit or 16 bit sprites with kind of uh, hand drawn uh, photos for you know close ups whenever they're talking or something along those lines but I, I was always wondering, maybe it just hasn't happened yet. But what do you think about uh, the reemergence of of the Nintendo 64 or PlayStation uh, era uh, graphics, where you have you know people trying to make games looking similar to uh, Perfect Dark or uh, or maybe Legend of Zelda or uh, or, or like Metal Gear Solid, the original Metal Gear Solid, where you know they they don't have this high resolution look, but they just they just have that. Uh, kind of style to them where it's not it's not 32 it it looks like you know maybe not as good as some of the earlier gamecube games but like the n64 era why do you think it's not as popular as uh, the 32-bit era the 16-bit era sort of games
1: um uh, that'd be interesting to see maybe they could it could be done if it's something that's on a smaller budget and you know take some sort of you know Open source engine that's out there that you could definitely make a game off of. Maybe it's something that will look to, as good um, to the extent of the PlayStation 1. That'd be interesting to see. But uh, I think just a lot of the 16 bit or 8 bit games are just, I think they're just more of something that you don't see as often now. But there's just a lot of it has to do with nostalgia on that on that aspect and you know the the type of graphics with the N6 Nintendo 64 and you know PlayStation those were those are all nice well and dandy but they're sort of something that was starting to uh, you know the early progress of the games as, as the early developing developing of it and just you can see that those polygons you know we've gone gone a long way from those uh, you know 68 polygons whatever whatever the number was for some of the games like you know how people were bragging about Look how many polygons we got in this game, things like that. And oh yeah, yeah, I mean that was just a kind of natural progression of, you know, what we've reached to um, as of now with the, you know, just, you know, the superb looking uh, quality of games we get in terms of presentation. And uh, maybe that's why it's sort of something that's not very that people are not very clamoring for as much as kind of the 8-bit style of of games that uh, it's just I guess was more of a popular, more popular era at, at, at that time, and just kind of very nostalgic and in, in terms of the presentation than just uh, the early PlayStation One games that that was kind of you know growing into fruition, you know what we've got now, and maybe that's why.
0: Mhm. But I I think it is kind of that weird area where. Uh, with the n64 where you could or you know the playstation 1 and 2 where you could uh, have not as good looking graphics but you know it was done just because it was the most advanced thing at the time yeah and and that was the reason why people enjoyed it as you know and and while there always be classics like the legend of zelda series like ocarina of time and majoro's mask or um you know a lot of the rare games where it's just it's not as beloved as the kind of retro games that by their very nature don't have to look very good in order to elicit kind of this appreciation of of the world. Like, for instance, uh, of, uh, you know, Pokemon, which uh, has it, it's been getting it's you know been getting better looking as as uh, the years have gone on. But it, it's kind of still kept that same look about it as well as as kind of the well as the same style. And there's very little changes that you have to do with that era of, of 32 versus, you know, 16-bit uh, looking games where people will accept that and tolerate it. But because uh, Nintendo 64 and the PS2 kind of graphics were bordering on the GameCube and, you know, Xbox graphics, uh, it, it it was just one of those things where, you know, people just uh, – it's it just so close to, uh, you know, the, the, that next generation that people said, okay, why doesn't it look as good as – as this, in trend, in, in, instinctively, just because you also have games like first-person shooters or platformers which don't look as good. You know, it, it's it's a hard, and I definitely think it's just a hard thing to do just because it was it's just that weird area of the N64 kind of blocky looking uh, characters and animations yeah, where it, it's almost not, it, like, people can understand why, but they'll still intrinsically say to themselves like, okay, this doesn't uh, look as good as, as, uh, you know, any, uh, you know, a lot of other games, like even, you know, people who have enjoyed, uh, you know, the perfect park HD collection, uh, are, uh, and me one, one of being one of them, I still kind of catch myself saying like, oh, I, I, uh, you know, I really wish that I, you know, I really wish that I was able to, uh, uh you know, have these games like up just a little bit more, or maybe some better models or, uh, you know, what have you, but just, it, it, I, I'd like to see more of those things. I'd like to see more of, uh, more kind of perfect dark looking games or Goldeneye looking games or, or, or you know, Legend of Zelda looking games. Just or you know, Metal Gear Solid would be great. Like if somebody could you know do that. And I'm sure there are probably mods out there, but you know, it's always just made me wonder why why isn't it as fondly as remembered as the 32 and 16 bit era type of looking games.
1: Right. I I'm sure there there are reasons for it and. I think more on the 8-bit style of games or they're just more visually appealing than the, you know, beginning phase of what we have now with the, you know, Nintendo 64 and, you know, early PlayStation games. The, you know, those games were pretty impressive at the time, but just trying to go back to them, they're very 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 hard. They're pretty pretty rough to look at. Especially
0: they're, if they try to go for realism. Yeah. Because uh, you know, for perfect dark uh, like, uh, for instance, well, I, I keep coming back to Perfect Dark, but I'd, uh, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, it, it, when, you, when you're trying to depict realism in games, the more advanced games look these days, the more of the elder-looking realism is going to be pretty obviously not as, uh, you know, good to look at. Uh, and you have, for instance, and then you also have, uh, you know, if you don't have a good art direction, like, and that was kind of what the 32 and 16 bit era sort of games needed where you need an interesting art direction to catch people's attention. So maybe that's why they're a bit easier to understand and you know, appreciate than, uh, the Nintendo 64 and PlayStation era where you were the kind of the idea of the most realistic looking game was the, you know, uh, the, you know, uh, touted on, uh, uh, the quote on the back of the box as it were, you know?
1: Um, yeah, maybe also a lot of, a lot of the groundbreaking games were the ones that had come out during that era of, you know, 8-bit games like Mega Man and those SNES games were just a lot of those big, you know, like Mario games were the ones that uh, were the ones that people, I guess, were exposed to were the, kind of the games they played early on Or I guess that's has something to do with it. And, you know, just again, it's I think more it's more visually appealing than playing a playstation 1 game to me because i you know when i was playing resident evil 3 i just felt like yeah i mean the gameplay is, is pretty decent but it's just it's not very not, not very pleasant to look at uh, mm-hmm. it's just and you know i thought the for a playstation 1 game i thought the atmosphere was good you know just like the environments for the most part were were good but you know and i mean they're very different from the character models because the character models you know they're all the you know blocky kind of polygons and just um, the, the the environment is kind of you know it's, I don't know what you would call it but it's a very different type of looking you know texture that's not polygon so it's they're both kind of very different so uh, that's what kind of made it more um, interesting um, to play through because that was what what the you know the environment was and it, it made it, it made it a bit more um, interesting to play through and uh, you know a good atmosphere and you know also the music helped as well but i can't think of a lot of uh, playstation one games that i would like to see be taken and and done into like a newer game like now mm-hmm. it's just not very visually appealing i think that's one of the one of the big reasons why but i'm not and i'm not one for for graphics myself but it's just that one was pretty rough and it's like I said before, it's just one of those things where it was very—it was the, the early beginning phases of what we we, we got now with the with the games. So I can't think of any any games that I mean a good I, I would say more often than not, people that have played you know either Nintendo 64 games or PlayStation games would rather see the games that they liked a lot playing the first time around be remade most of the time.
0: Yeah, yeah, thank God. Resident Evil got a uh, the original Resident Evil got a remake where on on the uh, on the GameCube where they had the you know same control scheme but updated voice acting and graphics and uh that's what they also did for uh Halo Combat Evolved anniversary but what I love about anniversaries is that you could you know switch between the new uh, engine and the old one just showing you just kind of how far uh, that you know the industry has come and just uh just how in uh, you know how much how much difference you know a couple just a less than a decade makes just of enjoying everything that you've that you've got now with uh, the gameplay that you had then.
1: That's right, and
0: like I, I'm sorry.
1: I, yeah, I mean this. I know there's still. I know Capcom did release uh, a while back. They did what well, I think Mega Man. They did Mega Man eight or nine, whatever Mega Man we're at. But they did release it for. <laughs> for you know for different uh platforms either on the on the wii or have it on xbox have arcade things like that i mean they they're newer newer games being developed that's you know based off the uh the uh the old school 8-bit type of games and those are those are interesting to see that they're still doing that and and it was cool the retro city rampage was sort of something that you can go back on and and appreciate the uh the the old school 8 bit games and uh, and it was interesting that they added also modern some modern mechanics to it as well without feeling too too much like a 8 bit game whereas sometimes some some ideas were not were not there uh, like we the ones we have now and like cover mechanics a lot of it was just hiding behind walls so that was that was your cover pretty much
0: yeah. You're like you don't want to get shot by bullets, then just duck underneath a you know a pillar or something like that. Like don't stick your head out too far. Then like have you ever seen Goldeneye? Like y- you're basically just either running and gunning or you know side strafing around the, the the enemy AI who's just kind of standing there and shooting you. So you you better watch out.
1: Yeah, I think it, it also added some sort of added some uh, some challenge. I think as well as just finding somewhere to. To crouch behind and not get shot, and like I recall when I was playing Max Payne, like it didn't, the first two didn't have a cover system, so you, the, you know, the best course of action was just hide behind something and then, you know, duck out um, and shoot either one or two guys and go back into that, uh, to that cover you have, whether it be a wall or just a like a pipe, <laughs> anything to avoid getting getting shot.
0: Yeah, it's like well, it might be cheap to shoot him from this angle when he can't shoot me back, but damn it, I'm I don't want to die. So you know, we'll 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 play like this and then see how it goes.
1: Most definitely. So, uh,
0: um, uh, uh, hey, uh, Pikmin three is scheduled for a 2013 spring release. I, I know this is this is very 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 weird seg segue from our discussion on uh, the appreciation of old school graphics and how people would want to incorporate n64 and ps1 era graphics and gameplay to new day and age but hey that's pikmin
1: oh yeah yeah i mean most i mean for for me now that um i know there have been a couple of releases since we we've done the podcast this this month and you know the past few weeks with you know with dishonored and resident evil 6 i mean those those are ones that i'm sure they're you know, okay in their own rights, and mainly I'm probably better mainly with the dishonor than Resident Evil 6. But they're just ones that I, I'm not really planning on picking on, you know, on release day. Maybe later on when it's reduced in price. But I, I certainly have my my games that I want to get that come out this month. You know, with uh, Assassin's Creed 3, you know the big one there, and then um, actually oh, yeah. in WWE 13, which I'm looking forward to. I'm uh, I'm back, to I'm, I'm back in. I'm back in with wrestling again. I feel like a uh, 15-year-old again <laughs> with, with wrestling. It,
0: it, are you gonna get the Randy Savage uh, uh, yelling Dragon mod as well? Just going, oh yeah!
1: I hope so. You know, with with you know with wrestling games, it, it leaves a lot to your imagination, and also for the community to do the work for you with you know creating just the, the most uh, awesome and just random you know wrestlers that that you just you could download. You know, simple as that. And you know, you know, I I want to get Superman in there. You know, to fight against Randy Savage. That'd be cool.
0: Jack it, Thompson.
1: Things like that. Oh yeah, Jack Thompson. If he's in there,
0: or else he will sue you. Just be just be careful.
1: Oh yeah, that that makes sense. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I've I've been I've been giving a lot of some older games a, a shot that I've made that I probably wouldn't that I haven't played at all because I just. It was a different time, ch. I was a young lad. I didn't have, I I, 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 you know, young youngsters maybe in the, in the 40s would probably be working, but I was, uh, I was one that was asking for games, but didn't get a lot of them, you know. So I didn't uh, get the chance to play, you know, the, the, the classics of of yesterday, yesteryear. So I played a, played a couple of Mega Man games and, and uh, things like that, and you know, during the time where there um, there where I won't pick up some newer games until the ones that I actually look forward to and playing, and you know, also during the the gaming drought too. I got it, it gave me an opportunity to just play some some older games and appreciate them for what they are, like Beyond Good and Evil, and uh, some, yeah. and even some you know modern ones I didn't play. I play a little, played some little of uh, Super Meat Boy. That's that's pretty pretty good. Mm-hmm.
0: it's uh, super meat boy is fun just because it's traditional platforming just uh traditional uh, just excellent trying to you know find your way through everything and just even though you're going to die a lot it's just it's kind of like donkey kong where it's you you know try out you try to maneuver through a level you get to the very end and you get you find the lady but then you have a infant uh you know fetus then dr fetus taking away your you know precious girlfriend so you gotta keep saving her
1: yeah it's awesome because uh, even though, yeah, it's one of those games where you're not you're not very um, disappointed that you die. I mean, there are, I know that with me there have been some moments like, oh, I'm almost made, it, then I died at the at the very end. There is there's a lot about uh, you know, trial and error. I mean, mm-hmm. I've done I've you know I've died like quite a few times and I'm not very I'm not very upset about it. It's coming you know, compared to Dark Souls, I'm, I'm you know I've had a different a different opinion on some games. Some games are very um forgiving unlike dark souls i'm i'm learning to appreciate that and it's just one of those things you do it you do it over and over and over again you're gonna you're gonna get it and you're gonna get you're gonna get far into it more than you did like early on and it was just it's very it's very cool to see once you beat a level is to see the replay you can see all the all the times you died and you see the replay of that and just all all the multiple meat boys that you that you've uh Played, attempted, as, and died. It was just cool to see. And then once you see that last one, it <laughs> reached the end. That's just very, very satisfying to watch. as like once you, after you beat it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it it, it it's it's great that you know platformers are still uh, you know staying strong this day and age. And with you know team meet, uh, team meet they certainly have a you know sixth sense of humor of of. of Eviscerating your character as much as many times as possible, and then just showing like, then that just makes the kind of victory all the sweeter. Just because, like, yay, I maneuvered throughout all these dangerous spikes. Yay!
1: Definitely some masochistic levels in there. Really. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we also. Uh, speaking of masochistic things, uh, it's it's hard these days to get funding uh, for uh, from publishers to do what developers want to do creatively. And you know, speaking of Meat Boy and all these and Retro City Rampage and all these developers who are yeah you know, are try are struggling to uh, you know establish themselves as well as make new IPs and with the money that they have. Uh, fortunately, uh, we have a you know a good bit of good news uh for those of you who, who have been following obsidian's uh, project eternity uh game they've been, they've just made about uh nearly four million dollars in just uh uh in in, in you know and it's time to uh make uh to fund the game saying so it looks like their uh, game is just going to be uh you know, there is well-funded, and I can't wait to see what, what comes out, uh, what product they turn out, just because Obsidian has been a, a very good developer in terms of uh, its writing staff, because they are the ones who did uh, the Knights of the Old Republic 2, the Sith Lords, and uh, 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 I, I can't believe I'm forgetting about this, uh, Planescape Torment, that was the one, and uh, uh, Fallout New Vegas, where you know their games have been always allowed to just being kind of buggy, or they're Action is not working, but they've always been, you know, you know, great writers, and uh, I'm looking forward to the next game because it's focusing a lot on spiritualism and and the idea of 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 the soul and what does that mean to a society that embraces that idea. So I'm looking forward to it, and uh, and I'm and I can't wait to see what they what what turns out next.
1: Do they also do Alpha Protocol?
0: Uh, Obsidian, I think that was another group. I don't quote me on that one, just because I'm. I, I, I want to say that uh, the guys who did Alpha Protocol were actually uh, a, a company that went under. So uh, I'm, I'm going to look it up kind of quickly just to see if.
1: Yeah, it's uh, like a word association for me. I don't know why I, when you said when I thought Alpha Protocol, I don't know why I thought Obsidian. Maybe. Yeah,
0: no, you're right. It, it was Alpha Protocol, but I think it was just that. Uh,
1: I mean, I've heard that. I mean, yeah, the the game the gameplay is a bit buggy, but like you like you mentioned before, the they they're they're pretty good with the writing. I mean, I heard good things about the the plot of the game. It's just it was you know the gameplay the gameplay's faults was mostly overshadowed. I mean, I mean the, the plot was overshadowed by the gameplay faults.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, but it's it's ten dollars right now, so that, that's a steal for anybody who wants to go maybe order out from Amazon. Uh, it, mm. it, uh, and the, the and you can I, I guess you could say that the uh, uh, that the this is a, div- a divisive game just because the first uh, most helpful customer review is some is someone that says I really hate slash love this game so you can imma- you can imagine that the it's it's probably one of those it, one of those things where does the good aspects outweigh the bad and will that you know push it on through.
1: Right, yeah, I've, I've you know, I've seen some gameplay and it doesn't seem something that I would, would be up for dealing with, tolerating mainly because I mean, I it was some footage I saw was pretty bad. Like you trying to get a shooting a guy, you know, very close and it was <laughs> missing at all angles. I don't know, it was it was awkward, but I don't know, maybe they some people could find a good a good fine line with the game. Even you can overlook the bad.
0: Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it, it. Alpha Protocol definitely looked like one of those ones where It was very experimental for its time in terms of just what you could do, and it looked like a bit like Mass Effect, except it had the timing, uh, it had more like the, uh, of, of the uh, limited time dialogue, like uh, Walking Dead, uh, Telltale's Walking Dead games. Yeah, those are cool. It, 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 it looked it looked interesting.
1: Yeah, I was I'm disappointed that the hero wasn't you know as good because I was I was yeah, very interested in checking it out when I you know when just to play because you don't you know we don't really get a lot of you know kind of espionage games and that was mm. certainly something I was looking forward to playing that had you know RPG elements to it as well. It, you know just by the, some of the trailers that they released, I thought it, it looked pretty impressive. You know. Granted that oh, yeah? that some of those were, um, CGI ones, but you know they're very impressive, regardless. They, oh yeah. They, they, a good jo- they, they did a good job, um, almost, almost, um, putting me into the fold of playing that game.
0: <laughs> well, it, now, will it, it's it's been pretty uh, well, it, it it looks like that they're no matter the cause they're not going to be making um uh, they're not going to be making a sequel anytime soon or at least not one published by Sega. But then again, Sega doesn't really do a lot of excessive publishing as, as the case was with Bayonetta, as we can see that they, you know, if, if it doesn't make X amount of money, then they're not going to be making uh, a, a sequel and definitely not. So for one that got lukewarm reception and didn't really sell that well. So,
1: you know, oh, Bayonetta. Oh it, uh,
0: it, it looks like now uh, that uh, alpha protocol is going to be the, probably maybe the only game in the franchise who knows, Never say never, but uh, you know, right now it's it's gone on pretty cheap at Amazon, and I'm I wouldn't be surprised if they had a sale on a uh, good old games one day, or or Steam, or heck, maybe even the next uh, Xbox uh, a- games on demand uh, update uh, for Alpha Protocol.
1: Yeah, most likely. I uh, will tell you what, it's not a bad game. Ch. What
0: what is not a bad game? There, Splenda.
1: Deli Premonition.
0: Oh yeah, buddy. Deadly P.
1: No, that, that goes DP. into my <laughs> yeah, DP. Yeah, that, that can mean a lot of things. That <laughs> that, that goes into my um, segue here of um, we're you know we're getting the you know swery has been talking about the director's cut edition of of the game for a while and and, and until, up until now it, it all seemed just a lot of talk. He's been talking up a lot of what he wanted to do, but we just haven't seen anything you know from it from him just a lot of just a lot of talk which you know can't blame the guy you know the you came up with a pretty good game that's got for the most part you know it it was i don't know i mean some of the the reviews i've seen that are on wikipedia a, a good chunk of them where i've been mainly positive and you know a few negatives and you know yeah you know it's one of those decisive, divisive games as well it's i don't think it's for everyone I, but it, it's still if you can get through it, I think it's still a fantastic game for the most part. But uh apparently Rising Star Games is has said that they're gonna intend to publish the Director's Cut edition as Warrior's been talking about, that's gonna have uh high definition graphics and has some updated controls on there and some some newer scenarios as he mentioned, you know, have being exclusive for the PS3 um early next year. So early twenty thirteen yeah, we're gonna be getting 360, I mean, not 360, but PlayStation 3 uh, owners will be getting the uh director's cut edition of Deadly Premonition.
0: Well, excellent. I'm 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 a big fan of Deadly Premonition. I I love its it, the just the 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 weird yet somehow uh, the somehow intimate storyline of 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 the of the town of Greenville and just enjoying Francis York Morgan's monologues to himself about Tom and Jerry being you know a psychoanalytical uh, uh, you know subjects and just it's it's definitely one of those uh, games which deserve to be noticed just because it's so I don't want to use this word in a negative connotation but it's quirky and it's it's unique and it's 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 a game that I want more people to play just because of how odd it is it is very much like a David Lynch movie or tv series by the fact that uh it's it some things just don't make sense at all but it's not one of those things like okay this is so weird that i don't like it it's like it's so weird that i want to learn more about this town and place and these interesting characters and i want a devil's sandwich damn it it looks delicious
1: most definitely uh oh man i forgot what i was gonna say but yeah it's 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 good that it's getting this um you know that's being released for the PS3. It wasn't released for the PS3. You know in, in North America. I know it was released for for the PS3 in Europe, but it never came out in the in the USA. US of a for the PS3 only 360. But um, it, it, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm curious. I wish I had a PS3 there because I would I would play that director's just cut version. But I just have to resort to seeing some kind of footage on on YouTube of it and see what what kind of uh, updates they add to it. Um, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to playing the playing the game again on on Halloween or before Halloween. I definitely want that. Oh yeah,
0: that. yeah. Yeah, that would, that'd would be awesome. Just because, damn, if if, if, if like, that's that's the perfect game for Halloween because it's weird and it's spooky, but it's also engrossing. And yeah, that. Oh, I, speaking of which, what are some traditional games that you like to play on Halloween or near the Halloween to get you in the spirit of of Halloweeniness?
1: yeah that's that's kind of why I brought it up I've been contemplating that myself um recently i know i know I have I have some movies lined up for to watch before Halloween um none of them are ones you probably would see on on list you know they're the uh, obviously the, the 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 ones you you would see are you know the ones you're gonna see Either like you know like like the shining or you know Friday the thirteenth I'm one to to see some some uh, sci-fi horror movies i'm one for that Mm -hmm. you know i got i definitely got the copy of you know night of the living dead necropolis which uh there is a scene if you play pay close attention where a zombie opens the door literally you know walks up to it and opens the door that's innovative in itself
0: oh yeah it it's it, it Oh, it, it, Night of the Living Dead, I, that you know, great movies for its time, and but also you know sci-fi horror movies like uh, Pitch Black. I love that movie. It, I think it's like the best Aliens film that wasn't an Aliens film. Uh, I'm huge fan of. Um, uh, it, it, just I'm just a really big fan of, uh, uh, of course, Tremors, the only the best movie in the world that happens to feature Kevin Bacon and giant worms trying to eat him, and. <laughs> It really, you really can't get any better than that. Uh, uh, Cabin in the Woods, I think, is definitely going to be one of my favorite ones just because it's so awesome. And, you know, from the guy, uh, he it was written by Joss Whedon, who uh, directed The Adventures and was directed by Drew Goddard. That was a great one. Um, I'm trying to think of, uh, oh, yeah, Godzilla. I love Godzilla. As cheesy as it looks to these days, I still love the, the film and just the message that it has behind it of, of the dangers of nuclear experimentation and our escalating weaponry acts coming back to bite us in the ass. Um, for games, I would have to say, uh, you know, something horrifically bloody in some cases. So I would probably say Dead Space definitely is probably a good, you know, Halloween video game that I love to play and Dead Space 2, but also, uh, 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 for video games, maybe something like a spooky, like uh, that, but it's also kind of fun. The kind of uh, Luigi's Mansion, I I always have you know have a spots uh, soft spots for, because it's, it's like oh it's, it's Luigi, he's a big you know Freddy cat, but he's also got to hunt down these ghosts, and I just love the design of all the ghosts and the, and just the 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 tempo of of the game and just and just how it's it's eerie and it's comical, but there's also this undertone of something more sinister is going on just because of the mu- of the music and uh, just the actual visual aesthetics of the entire uh, game, which are really, really good, especially that one uh, quote, the the quote unquote Easter egg or glitch. People don't know which or uh, which one is it where Luigi can pick up a phone. And then there's a lightning storm uh, going on outside. And then when the lightning strikes, his shadow makes it look like he's being hung from a ceiling. And people don't know if that just like, Oh, it's just a glitch or, Actually, that was intentional by the programmers. So it, it's just one of those things where I am I, – I, that's just one of those games where I love playing. And just because it's so much fun, it's all about uh, you know a guy being scared completely out of his wits, but he has to do something about it. So, yeah, that, yeah that's that, a game that I probably go to.
1: Yeah, that, that uh, Easter egg would certainly – that would have certainly scarred me for life if I saw that as, uh, as a kid. You know, Luigi Shadow getting hung, that would freak me out. Oh, yeah. Uh no I, yeah I mean the definitely the 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 good horror movies I I definitely will check out but I'm I'm more for one that watches the bad ones the you know, the so I mean the so bad it's good type of things uh, maybe some maybe maybe I'll do the same for games I I've already played Resident Evil three which is not a, not a bad game but it's it's good uh, maybe the early Resident Evil games probably you could play for Halloween and uh, if you want to go you know into into the fray on some on the bad Resident Evil game, maybe that Resident Evil Survivor. That's a very, um, you know, that's it has a terrible dialogue in there, and you know, and some bad uh, gameplay design choices uh, as well. But
0: yeah, I'm sorry. Would you hold on one second?
1: Sure, I'll, I'll ramble on here some more, and uh, things like that. Maybe some. I'm, I'm also going to be considering for films, uh, you know, the classic recent you know modern classic known as against the dark i believe it's called you know steven seagal versus vampires that's certainly one to to look into and you know some other some other ones i'm i'm all for going the the opposite direction in terms of quality in terms of, of the halloween movies and end games itself i'm trying to recall what other ge- bad games that's good for halloween that i can play but i'll tell you a, a pretty fun one to play is uh Scooby Doo the game for the SNES. Oh yeah, you ever play that one? Nope. <laughs> Dodging cats you know, and things like that. You know, if you get hit, you know Scooby and Shaggy get scared, and that's how you lose. You can't die, but you know, if they get scared, if you get if you reach the meter of ultimate scared, then that's when you when you lose the game.
0: You you no no you lose the game when the cops find that uh, Shaggy and Scooby have the, the our growing butt out on the in the back of the van. It's like oh, showing Scooby they found the stash. <laughs> <Ruh-ruh>. <laughs> but you know it's weird just because like scooby-doo is one of those franchises where it's not entirely scary and the stories aren't really that well you know aren't that good but there's something about it which is just i find to be very very likable yeah where, why, you know it's
1: that's why i enjoy them that's they're quirky i think too and you know, just you know, for, well, for that time that it, it come out, it's, it's I don't know, it's a certain there's a certain charm about it where yeah, I don't I don't really watch it for you know, like the story, is not very very scary, but it it has its um you know charming moments and you know the it's also kind of comical as well, so I can dig it and uh, animations you got to love the animations. Um, I'm trying to remember if there's a, any Looney Tunes Halloween that I could watch Halloween specials, but and I, I also mentioned when you, when you stepped away that you could you could definitely sink your teeth into some um, I believe the movie's called Against the Dark you know some gall against vampires.
0: Oh, nice!
1: That's uh that's its own entertainment right there. That's I don't know I go the I go the opposite route when it comes to like Halloween I I watch the intentionally bad uh, horror films or the ones that are just uh, you know. They, you know, they intend to emote something from you in one way, but you just con- you just uh, receive it in a, in a different in a different way than they ex- intended. You know, does the room count as a hallway movie?
0: Uh, uh, the room counts as every single type of movie. It's it's a thriller, it's drama, it's science fiction, it's a horror film. Yeah, you bet it counts.
1: That's it's... like a <laughs> like a you know smoothie of a film. That's it was all over the place. Yeah, it's it's everything romance, you want more. Romance, comedy, drama. You know, yeah. Though, yeah. it's one of those. Maybe it's one of those. Um, those self-aware type of films. Mm-hmm. Maybe like it's Charles they shut the... up and jam. It's you know it's self-aware, but not through the characters. Absolutely. Through what happens.
0: It's it's one of those um, you're tearing me apart Lisa genre films where you really can't just identify what makes it so good but you know in your heart that's good. Yes. And uh, oh, what was um oh also Resident Evil Four of co- of course I you know love playing. Uh, but also you know seeing any movie that uh, you know that the uh, guys from the Mystery Science Theater three thousand guys do that uh, it's like uh, uh, whenever they review like a universal monster film or, you know, watch like one of those cheesy sci-fi horror films, like the day of the, not the day of the tentacle, but it's like uh the tentacle creature or the day the earth stopped or something like that. It's, it's absolutely wonderful. And so like, I always, I always love, uh, you know, uh, listening to those types of uh, reviews just and watching those types of movies, just because it's just so funny to laugh along with somebody to, you know, see some comical horror films.
1: Definitely some, tales from the crypt and twilight zone.
0: Oh, I yeah. love Twilight Zone. Rob Stern for the mother freaking win.
1: That's all I can come up with. I'm still working on some things for Halloween. Mm-hmm. I know I, I know why I'll definitely play some Deadly Permission for Halloween while oh, yeah. so munching down on some Hershey's Hershey bars or all types Steals of candy. candy. That's right. TP in some houses, you know.
0: Yeah, oh, good time. Egging someone's house who didn't give you any candy because you're well over the age where it's acceptable to dress up and get candy. Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. You know, you get weird looks if in your 20s <laughs> still dressing up on Halloween.
0: Oh, well, I mean, now it's kind of changed. Now you go door-to-door. Uh, door. When you were a kid, you went door-to-door door, trick-or-treating for candy. And now uh, when you're an adult, you go house-to-house uh, house for free booze. You know, and as you dress up and uh, you get to see ladies wearing uh, sensual outfits. So just like, oh, well, you're a sexy nurse. Great. Sexy, sexy Tony Hawk pro skater. All right. Excellent.
1: Or female Borats.
0: <laughs> female Borats. Very nice.
1: You know, going door to door and getting some, <laughs> get some kegs.
0: <laughs> yeah, Magic exactly.
1: carrying around kegs. Like giving out Be- kegs or wine boxes.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: that's the worst.
0: Female Steve Buscemi.
1: Oh, man. It blew my mind with that one.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. But Halloween is one of those magical times where it's pretty where it's pretty condoned that you can just drink as much as you'd like and no one can say anything about it.
1: Yes. Now, transitioning on from that discussion, uh, we've got some some little bit of information coming out of the goodoldgames.com I've mentioned about uh, earlier you know along with their kind of little thing they did with CD Project Red you know the announcing that uh, they you know they, they they are working on the uh, cyberpunk title that we've seen early stuff on and I'm um, you know looking forward to I mean they're you know the same great developers that did the Witcher 2 and I like to see what the what they did, what they do with a kind of futuristic uh, cyberpunk game you know what I think they did a pretty good job with The, with the Witcher 2 and its, it's you know, storytelling presentation and just the uh, overall kind of uh, core, core uh, title of the game itself.
0: Mm-hmm. Oi, Cyberpunk!
1: Cyberpunk!
0: <laughs> Let's go get blitzed and then have microchips for breakfast or something like that. <laughs>
1: And yeah, they also said it's going to be a bit more um sandbox compared to the their previous titles and and they also announced that The Witcher 2 is is going to come to the Mac as well and be available on goodoldgames.com.
0: Excellent. Most excellent. I'm definitely looking forward to uh I'm looking at a lot of the uh the concept art that they have for uh, uh Cyberpunk 2077. And it looks very, very interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated to see where they go with it. And it looks like, uh, a, definitely a mature looking, um, uh, experimentation into new, th- into a new territory. And I'm, and I'm, you know, a big, I'm a big fan of, of, of games set in the future with futuristic stuff. So Cyberpunk is looking awesome.
1: It's good to see Cyberpunk make a comeback in, the, in the, in the realm of video games.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean the only recent one that I can really think of is um, is a uh, human revolution Deus Ex. So uh, you know, looking forward to that, and I, I you know it also makes me realize that uh, there seems to be kind of a trend going on where now video games that just you know take the names of genres and just like put it in the name like La Noir, Cyberpunk 2077. I'm waiting for uh, teen sex rom com uh, from Florida.
1: <laughs> yeah, that I mean that'd probably be the the most creative title that then we get with other with other films, you know, have the you know very generic titles, and, ha- and also have to have the word the in in the beginning too.
0: <laughs> but not I, another cyberpunk game.
1: <laughs> but I digress. Uh, and uh, yeah, they also said uh, CD Projekt uh, also announced that they you know they were taken into account. I mean, what we spoke about earlier about the modding community and they said that they're gonna put out something they call the red kit modding suite soon, so that's gonna be like a full tool kit being rolled out for free. And uh hopefully we'll probably will see something you know, some maybe some newer content being created for the game or just you know whacked out, you know, inane mods that we will that we'll get. Maybe some some wrestling mods in there or something
0: absolutely excellent i i would love nothing more than to just be able to sit on down and, and just uh, see other people not myself just because i'm lazy as all can be but seeing other people enjoying mods and creating excellent stuff and then i can go onto youtube and say like yeah that's nothing I i've seen better they and they make like brand new games from this and just eh, it's all right just because it makes them work harder it makes them strive for more
1: most definitely uh to wrap up my kind of my part of the, the, the news that I gather up, it's, it's uh it's official. It's a shame, but you know, 007 legends, not so good.
0: Yeah. yeah it It's looking, been getting pretty me- mediocre to bad reviews and just the people aren't really satisfied with what decisions they made with it. Like, I guess it's, yeah, it, it's apparently kind of just like snippets of other movies that, you know, Bond is in instead of kind of like, Uh, an entire storyline that takes inspiration from or, you know, complete different campaigns. And it just seems to be kind of the most like boring parts of, um, of the James Bond universe, where it's just, it's just the action scenes and none of the cool interaction or stealthy bits that, you know, made Goldeneye for the Wii, uh, you know, that interesting.
1: Yeah. I think I felt, I felt that since, uh, since Goldeneye has come out, they've been, I mean, they've been trying to do something, And try to, they try been trying to like one up GoldenEye since you know GoldenEye has come out and just it's just one of those things where they do too much and uh, we already have games that are first person shooters that you know do it better. You know, say what you will about Call of Duty, but I mean we don't with the James Bond series. You just always have to make it a a shooter for the most part Mm. and. With uh, with legends, from what I've heard, it's just that they it's a bit too strange, and they just add in you know, they take scenes from from the movies and also uh, you know add in uh, modern kind of technology in there, so it's just kind of it's kind of weird, It's like using a phone during this movie, and which was like that movie came out in the '70s, and then they got and they also have the segment with Moonraker and stuff, so she's shooting lasers. Laser guns, and it's just uh, I don't know. I just feel like it's one of those things that it's. I I rather see some sort of other game for that that's tied to James Bond. That I don't know what whatever happened to. I don't know if they've. Uh, I don't I don't know if you recall, but there there was some game that's be, that was being worked on by some developer that was. That was a kind of third-person James Bond game. That was I don't know who was working on it, but it was just a. Uh, I think we just need something else that's not – that's more true to, to the Bond series than having it just be a shooting gallery.
0: Yeah, but then again, stealth doesn't sell as well as, you know, explodey boom action bits. And
1: then, yeah, and it's also Activision. So.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So there's – I'm waiting for them to just drive it into the ground next, so.
1: Yeah, they, I think that's going to happen. Yep, yep, yep. Just like DJ Hero. Yeah, uh, so. I, I enjoyed me. I like, like DJ Hero. I enjoyed me some DJ Hero. I think after so the I second one, I it. was kind of tuckered out on uh, after that. So I maybe I'm maybe they're not too at fault there. But I think they, they can still. I think those type of music uh, games can still live on in in some capacity. Maybe in the smaller um, smaller market, like well not small because it's pretty pretty big as well. The just uh, either the um, PlayStation Store or Xbox. Uh, live arcade i mean i know they came out with the rockland blitz through there so it doesn't have to be a big a big thing if you still have the peripherals with you you could just get those separate and you know buy the the, the game on xbox live
0: yeah it i'm I, I, I it, it, yeah, but a being it um, it's I think the music simulator is kind of difficult, just because it's you also need to get the peripherals as well, and that's going to cost extra money. And you know what's the point of coming out with new games every other year, like Activision and EA have been doing with their respective music, uh, you know, games, when it's just kind of the same product, and you can just really just download uh, kind of like almost like the Madden series, where you could there's not a lot of changes, but they you know slightly justified by updated graphics or you know whatnot and but in where they could just easily put out a, uh, a where they easy, easily download games, uh, to the point where you could, um, uh, you, where, I mean, download a new content for the game, where you could just like download new tracks and new albums or new characters. But no, they just like, oh, it's gonna be, uh, you know, it, it, we're trying to justify a new game, but it doesn't really work out.
1: Right to to go back on 007 Legends, I was expecting so a cool boss battle, cool creative boss battle between you and Oddjob. You know, you have to dodge his hats, try to get yeah. try to get close to him. That would have been pretty cool. But I, don't, I want to see one interaction um with him in 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 the, uh, on YouTube when he just throws a hat, but it's just all um all cutscenes, so it that, that ain't as epic. Maybe some sort yeah. of uh maybe get Hideo Kojima to do a, design a boss battle between do an odd job in a, in a future 007 game. Instead of some Cyan Hill, maybe him him do the uh, 007 franchise there. And uh, he's I know he was inspired in some way by you know with Snake Eater, just that opening intro. That's very uh, James Bond esque.
0: Oh yeah, that that was that was definitely very much inspired by those '60s James Bond uh, game, uh, James Bond stories. And so he he could probably do a very very interesting. Uh, James Bond game if he you know took the opportunity to do so and just not have as many conspiracy theories in there but uh yeah I, I, i'm I'm kind of thinking they should do it maybe along the lines of um maybe Deus Ex, human revolution, where you know Bond is you know a, you know big badass, maybe not take it maybe make it its own original story and then just have it um you have him. Just uh, uh, enjoying the opportunity to be free and just, uh, you know, make it, you could have him be like the cold collective, like Daniel Craig Bond, or you could have him be like the somewhat, uh, you know, the charming, a little bit warmer Sean Connery Bond, or you can have him be the action-paced, you know, charming uh, yeah, exciting kind of uh, you know Pierce Brosnan Bond who kind of dips into the campy level a little bit or you know Timothy Dalton Bond or you know what type of Bond do you want to be like this, that that could be the cool type of uh, Bond game I like to see.
1: Maybe to keep it simple, what would you what would you say about a point click James Bond game?
0: Uh, that I'd be fine with that if it was done by Telltale Games, I'd be more than happy to buy just uh, you know episodes of James Bond him going around, uh, uh, you know. Going around to parties, drinking martinis, saying hi to the ladies, and then stopping the big bad from using a nuclear weapon to destroy the world or something. I'd I'd love to see that of a nice point and click adventure game. Just because point and clicks allow themselves to be more dialogue and kind of character focused than any other type of gig, uh, game genre. So I'm, I'm definitely I would definitely support that.
1: And that's definitely something that's been missing with some recent James Bond titles. It's been more of a gun ho type of game.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's nice to have a break from games that are just action oriented the entire time. In terms of just uh, of just and then uh, of just getting uh, beaten up and then shooting guys out and and just and, and like the just the slog through of like okay mowing down wave after wave of enemy like a, a nice a game where you get to talk to people and just how they see how they are and just give your get you know talk give them ch- uh your pep talks and whatnot and just get to see a little bit more of the humanity underneath the and good script writing underneath the everything else
1: now quick question now we for the most part we play games to play games and one of the little things that i i have on i have uh, against some games is the menu I oh, yeah. I prefer sometimes a a pretty cool menu, not something just you know the, the name of the title and press start. I mean that's all fine and dandy, and you know I might be might be crazy for saying it, but maybe people just you know don't really care about it and just you know want to play the game. But I for one I like that when a developer takes the time to actually make a cool uh, menu. You know when you you know have you you set up the settings whether you want subtitles or anything like that or, or just hidden. You know, start a new game or things like that. That's why I really liked Enslaved because that had a cool main uh, menu, and mm-hmm. um, certainly the, the one of the James Bond games. Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember what it was, but it had Pier- Pierce Brosnan and it had you know Shannon Elizabeth, uh, you know, with a gun in slow motion, to have and the wind blowing her hair and, and spinning around and 360, 360
0: degrees. Oh, very very nice. It, I'm trying to remember. Um... I think it was James Bond Nightfire or James Bond Everything or Nothing.
1: It was Everything Where, or Nothing, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, yes.
1: It's uh, a nice menu to look at. You know, you start up the game, you see Santa <laughs> Elizabeth there in a tight tight dress. Come on.
0: Fantastic. I, I'm already a fan already.
1: Come on. What, what's, what's what's your take? This should be a good CHS Corner there for you. Main menu. Should we get oh, I'd, I'd love more, that. Design, more designed and stylish mid menus rather than just the you know the basic just like the dvd menus i was never never a fan of just the ones was well, the older movies i understand they get on on dvd was just a picture of the film and then press play <laughs> and then audio.
0: play yeah. chapters audio like, settings yeah. yeah it's
1: it's like I'm, i wanted to go all out so
0: yeah it it, it is it, it's just not exactly uh, attractive to have uh you know a a a menu that doesn't really either bring you into the style of uh, the movie or get you amped for it. Or for instance, like it, it, game menus that do it really well, uh, Chron- the Chronicles of Riddick game menu where it has that kind of a uh, 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 cube-esque uh, opening where you have like the sliding, changing uh, 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 blocks within a giant cube, just uh, revealing like the main menu extras. That's cool. Uh, brutal Legend where you know it, it starts out just it just it's just an album cover where you get to open it up and see like the albums, the discs, the art that gets you pumped up for it. And those do it very, very well where you get to kind of feel like the awesomeness and just gives you little hints about what's to come. And then you have kind of the standard meh type of uh uh of main menu, like uh on Eat Lead, Return the Hat of Mad Hazard. I love that game, but the menu is just uh, it, it's so bland. It, it's, it's just like him standing with the title screen in the background. And you get sort of the kind of Tron-esque fluctuations that, that occur in the games. That's a little hint, but it, it's just not stylish enough to kind of warrant anything else. And, uh, and, and also, also really one that I love, infinitely love, is uh, the Halo Combat Evolved uh, menu where it's, it's just uh, the camera circling around the giant ring of Halo, playing the Halo theme, that it, it's just so awe-inspiring and so awesome and just so mysterious. And it, that, <coughs> sorry, I got a little too excited there. Um, that one is uh, just, it, that one just like takes my breath away every time I, I play. It's just like, wow, this is this is something deep and very well developed.
1: Yeah, things like that. I find a nice, you know, cherry on top like that. You know, like um, I haven't played the full game, but you know, I the Warhammer 40K Space Marines. I had a cool main menu. Just seeing uh, one of the Space Marines shooting out and shooting orcs. That was
0: cool. <laughs> hmm It it's it, once you establish a great main menu, you have. People are going to remember that. People are going to say to themselves, like, wow, that that was that was a good main menu. Because you want every part of your game to be engaging or at least representative of the overall product. So why make a main menu that's bland and boring? Why not just go for one that you actually uh, is a good representative of what your game really is?
1: And also... Uh... One that didn't do a lot, but it was, it made an impact regardless, was like the Skyrim main menu. It's just, you know, I, I, I listened to that in, in that, that music, the, you know, the, the, in the beginning, you know, having, mm-hmm. having a startup and then it gets to the, ah oh, Dova King, Dova King. <laughs> I, I sit through that all the time that that gets you amped up to play the game. just, that's a, a good example I mean, of, you know, doing less is more.
0: Yeah. It's, it's just the Skyrim logo with, uh, you know, somebody like doing the big choir and, and enjoying just the, just the the grandeur and splendor of, of the adventure that's to come, and uh, also a little bit of, uh, yeah, not incredibly, but I, I, I thought Fallout 3 had a good menu, at least, where it was just, it had very ominous music going on in the background, and uh, it had a bit of dark comedy by uh, juxtaposing the, the dark music with, you know, these slides of kind of like a uh, cheerful looking ads for uh, underground vaults in the background as it goes through this kind of slideshow thing where it, it definitely captured a feeling of just like, okay, this is a dark world, but there's also, you know, a good amount of humor in it as well.
1: Yeah, that was pretty impressive as well. So yeah, I, I thought I, Bring that up a bit, I think it's It's not something a lot of people talk about But it's certainly a little Just a little thing I I figured I'd I'd bring up That's certainly something that Can also add A bit more to the game as well Just, you know, some You know, a cherry on top, as I like to say
0: Yeah, oh yeah
1: And uh, quickly bring up, before we get to the questions We've gone a good length here we got a lot of things covered, so Uh you know, Bioware says there's no more going to be no more Shepard if we yes, will make any more Mass Effect games, which I don't know why this is big news. It's, you know, the way, if you play Mass Effect 3, I mean, it's not really no surprise, uh, unless, you know, unless EA for shoehorns in Shepard in some way, then I guess so. Right. But I don't know, but it's just, it's not something I, I, you know, when I read it, it was considered big news to me. I'm, I'm. And I've had my my time with Shepard, you know my Shepard, and everybody else's Shepard, and it's one of those things we just gotta move on.
0: Yeah, well, they've also said that for Mass Effect 4, for whatever other entry they'll put into the Mass Effect series, there won't be Shepard, and I'm I'm glad. Just like you, it's I feel like that was my Shepard and my character going through this experience, and I'm I'm very very happy to kind of leave my shepherd as is, but the only problem I still see with it is, that, is the fact that by doing this EA and Bioware, if they move the series chronologically after the events of uh, Mass Effect 3, they're going to have to address in some form or another uh, at the ending of the, of the uh, Mass Effect uh, th- trilogy, and just and just what which one was the true ending, kind of making the whole point of uh, being able to choose your own ending kind of null and void. Yeah, or, at the, so. or at the very least, it would yeah, undercut a lot of people's uh, drama and uh, and and uh, complaining and complaints about uh, about how badly uh, the the uh, the endings were instead of uh, and, you know, it would actually bolster their argument in terms of just how uh, underwritten they were. So, you know, it, it's they would have to address the endings in some form or another. And it just it's you know kind of they kind of shot themselves in the foot.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. Is it's they've already done enough with just having just so many variables embedded into all three games, and have them, you know, uh, either be referenced or have some effect in the dialogue or story, and somehow to if you're actually going to do a sequel and have and have it be where it takes because they've said I think they said I don't know someone from Bioware said that you should. Keep your saves for Mass Effect 3 or something like that. So, they might be doing something with the saves for if there's a future Mass Effect game. But, yeah, like you said, it's just, it's, it's so much uh, to consider and so much, you know, very variety of ways to write it. And I don't know how it could, I mean, the, the way the ending was, it's it definitely has a, a huge impact in, in the world. And it's, I don't know how they would, I don't know how they're going to do it because it's going to have different uh, implications. It's definitely going to be different in, in, in some way or another, depending on the ending. Since it could be a very different game for some people that chose one mm-hmm. one way or another. It's, I don't know how they would do it. It's just so much so much to consider. I mean, they've like I said, they've done a they already done a lot with uh, you know the first three games and having so much choice and being able to transfer over your your saves. You know that has all your choices onto the next mm-hmm. game. It's just you know that was you know, amazing in it and of itself. I just can't see how they could pull it off. And, and, and while also, you know, making people, <clears throat> making people happy with it too. Oh yeah. It's just not going to happen. It's not, it's very, no, no one's going to be pleased, but, uh, I don't know. I'm, 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 all for either, uh, either a newer game from Bioware that's not Mass Effect or just, uh, you know, just different, uh, adventures with the different characters, maybe play uh, someone else that's not a human. I mean, that would yeah. be certainly be interesting. I mean, there's definitely a lot of possibilities to take the Mass Effect. With the Mass Effect, the universe is very open-ended, and you can do a lot with it. And, uh yeah. I mean, that's what certainly I wanted to see in, in terms of DLC, and we might get that with the uh, Omega DLC, but for the most part, it's... uh um, I'm I'm alright with no more with no more Shepherd in the any massive movie. Yep. because
0: yeah, I I I I would love to see just the if so, just let them just stick to their guns and then say which one it which ending was the true one and then move on to a new group of games or a new status quo for the series, and then just you know, uh just you know make the best what what they have there, even though people will be maybe upset with uh, them confirming which one was the correct ending or which one, how everything turned out. Um, yeah. Just it it, 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 maybe they'll even have an option, like which ending do you want there to be? And so we'll have our characters reference that ending as the correct, as the true one. So yeah, who knows?
1: Yeah. Maybe, maybe do that and just reference, reference the ending in some way, but not have it be something that was, is, is being brought up throughout the whole game. Just, you know, bring it up a bit bring it up a little bit and just move on and and continue on the merry way with uh, whatever newer characters you're going to be introduced to so yeah there it is
0: oop there it is so um uh i've i'm that that, that's uh, that's actually all i've i think i've got on this end there's one more thing i wanted to talk about but that's going to be waiting for the uh questions section
1: yeah, we can move on there. I just wanted to bring that up quickly a bit, and then we'll go on to the questions. So, what have you, what have Absolutely. we got? What have we got?
0: All right, uh, Jack Burton. He asks, "Do you guys know any of the lucky three million that have the new Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty dashboard update?" And um, for those of you who do not know, uh, Xbox uh, Microsoft has announced that they are updating the Xbox Live dashboard. Um, and removing uh, uh, Twitter and Facebook applications in order to streamline uh, "quote unquote" the the, uh, the experience. So uh, they said like, oh, you can still access it through Internet Explorer. And I think this is <laughs> that's not exactly the you know the best alternative because Internet Explorer is, let's face it, Internet Explorer. And um, we, it, I have a bad feeling about this move just because. The Twitter and Facebook functions were used originally to justify the price hike, and I'm a bit worried that they that just because of this they'll still keep the status quo of the same price, and then justify it by saying, "Oh, Internet Explorer is just as good," when frankly it just isn't. Because when was the last time anybody used Internet Explorer over Firefox or Safari, even?
1: Where Chrome? I'm thinking, I'm digging some Google Chrome as well. I got both of them, uh, Chrome? Chrome and Very Firefox. Good. They're pretty good. No, nah, that's been a while since I used Internet Explorer. When I when I realized that there's so other there's so many other better web browsers than Internet Explorer, because it's always one of those things where people don't bother to to get a new browser because they just that's the one you, that comes you know preloaded with Windows operating systems, So you just you know just stick with it, and that's what what I did for like the first couple of years I've had a a computer since uh, you know like 2000, and you know once. Once like the late once Windows XP became a, a bit obsolete, and then they moved on to Windows 7. I just when I decided to try Firefox, and I you know I never looked back. Just, you mm. know just, you know because it's you know because it's Linux based, and it's just it's so, there's so much room for um, customization. So that's what I what I like about it for the most part, and it's just you know it, it's not very problematic for me. It just works.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of these weird sort of ideas of charging consumers for for the same price for less uh, content which makes me really worried and that uh, i i i sincerely hope that something will change and what and i am i'm still worried just because that and the fact that uh you know, Microsoft hasn't really addressed the price issue, which makes me think that they just want to be mum on the subject, so just and, and just hope that nobody notices that they're still the same price. Um, but also, uh, I, I'm I'm also looking at the kind of new updates for both Microsoft and Sony in a kind of negative light because Sony updated the PlayStation Store in Europe, and they are in within the first couple of hours, it crashed. So. It doesn't look like they, they exactly are, are on top of their games for uh, uh, for their own respectable downloadable uh, updates that they have for their online uh, systems. So I, I'm not exactly sure. I, I'm I'm a bit wary about what they're planning on doing just because, like for Microsoft, I, I feel like they're taking away two programs, giving us something that we didn't want. And I, I, I mean, I, I can understand why they want us to, wanted to remove Twitter and Facebook. They have to make room for more ads because that's something that we want to see more freaking ads. Just because you know we weren't assaulted with them already.
1: Yeah, uh, the ads don't don't bother me that much. It's the the it's just not being able to find some things sometimes. It, I think it's gotten a little bit better with the recent update. I think the one before was it was one one of the ones I had trouble finding some games you know but i you know them including the the search engine it's i think it's a a bit helpful even though i'm not not a fan of typing on the 360 controller but you know if once you know what you want to what you want to get you just search it and then mostly most likely they're not show up in the in the the search in the search engine of the 360 so that's that's pretty nice i rather i rather do that than save some time looking through looking through the uh do the ads, or just clicking, you know, hitting the button four times rather rather than just searching it. Mm-hmm. That's that's sort of something there, and uh, you know, I'm not I'm not really the huge hugest fan of you know paying for Xbox Gold just to pretty much do some and pretty much do some uh, almost uh, everything that's included with the with the apps and things like that. You know, either using Netflix or, or yeah. uh, playing online. But but you know it's you see you see what happened with uh, with Sony you know they they don't really have a a paid service to use their stuff but they they do with PlayStation Plus but for the most part people who just stick with the having the free uh, PlayStation basic membership where you can still play online but I think it it, it might also be might also be the fact that people are, p- are paying for the online service for Xbox and it's maybe that's good one of the good uh, benefactors why it hasn't been hacked like Sony's maybe that's one of the one maybe that's why is one of the good reasons to actually pay for Xbox Live Gold
0: yeah i mean i rather gave pay for, for a
1: better a better secure service than not
0: yeah if they incentivized it a little bit more than just uh, our servers are our more secure with your money with xbox live gold i I would be fine just adding a bit more content in there that'd be good because i'm not entirely sure why is if microsoft is strapped for cash right now but i'm certain that they could invest in some more interesting products or for at the very least allow us to access uh netflix uh through an xbox live silver um uh silver uh, account where we don't need to pay extra money for uh, a service that we've already paid for. Yeah. Just cause you know, double paying for something is just kind of stupid.
1: Yeah. in that aspect, yes, for Netflix, I think that'd be, it'd be better to be in, be able to use it with or without Xbox live gold, but for maybe online gaming and maybe that I understand and, or maybe doing some, doing some transactions through the Xbox live marketplace that, that I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, for the for the most part, I don't I don't use a, a a good a good chunk of the apps they have on there anyway. Um, just Netflix, and uh, that's pretty much it. Either that, or I don't I don't even use YouTube because that uh, that one's not really that good. I rather just <laughs> I'd rather just use the computer for that. And and same thing with Internet Explorer. I have Internet Explorer. I have a browser on there, but you could just you know have a have a laptop or a computer, maybe some. You know, maybe it'll be beneficial for others in that way for through the 360, but but yeah, not for me particularly. And yeah. I think it's if it's if they keep the price the same and and add more, that's that's all right. Even though I probably won't use it, but if they remove some stuff, then it's uh, I don't know why. It maybe that's why did, why yeah why wouldn't you maybe reduce it a little bit if you're gonna get rid of some apps? It's, it's, in, it's in the apps that they have are, are you know free to use online like Facebook yeah. or Twitter so I don't know why that would be something included through Xbox that you should charge for unless it's attached to their servers in some way shape or form maybe that's a reason why
0: yeah, yeah What? well it's it's it sinks, and I, I certainly hope Microsoft does better just because that's they're not exactly hitting it out of the park right now, so I I hope they uh, hope they can do a little bit better.
1: Yep, but you know, as one a little better than a little than Sony, anyways.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I I think so. Well, then again, you could you could almost do anything. You could like trip down the stairs with like two cartons of eggs and still not wind up with as much egg on their face as Sony has for this entire generation. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to maybe these businesses wising up and actually treating their customers like partners instead of cattle, you know, just to give us your money and we'll give you some content and you'll be damn glad with what we give you.
1: Activision.
0: Activision. Bobby Kotick, baby. So, yep, that's, um, that's the question one. Let's move on to question two. (laughs) Yes. All righty. We shall. Uh, Thank you very much, Jack Burton. Thank you. And, uh, we uh, the next question is from Stanley Kubrick. Yay, Mr. Kubrick. All right. And uh, he had, I'm sorry.
1: No, all right. That's what I said.
0: That's all that. right. Oh, so I just wanted to make sure that you were agreeing with me in you know a positive manner, or else I'd have to just shut you down right now. And he asks, uh, what do you think the uh, is your last big game that you play on each of the current uh, generation of consoles? Uh, he says, uh, my last uh, swan songs will probably be The Last of Us for the PS3. He's not uh, going to play anything for the Wii. And the Xbox 360 says Dragon Age 3.
1: Hmm. I don't know. It's that's. Uh, I think it's too early to say uh, when the newer one? consoles are coming out. I'm sorry?
0: I was, I was thinking, well, why, why not uh, about the game that we're looking forward to the most in this generation before... Even the murmurs of uh, what's going on. All
1: right, what, what do you got?
0: Okay, uh, well I was thinking uh, I don't have a PS3, but for a multi-console release uh, that happens to include the uh, the PS3, probably Metal Gear Solid. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes.
1: Yeah, am, that's a good one. Yeah,
0: you know, I'm a big fan of stealth games and Hideo Kojima's craziness, so I I would love to see what uh, Ground Zeroes brings. Uh, for the Wii, I'm a bit. I don't really. I'm not really looking forward to too much. I would always. I haven't been able to play Skyward Sword yet, but I'd love to play that just because I'm a big Zelda fan, and I'd love to see uh, what Skyward Sword can, Sword can offer. And for the 360, I'll probably say the game I'm looking forward to most. I love Halo, but I'm probably going to have to go with Bioshock Infinite.
1: Good old Bioshock.
0: Hmm. Good old Ken Levine and his his crazy five o'clock shadow that never seems to go uh, to go anywhere.
1: Yeah, and uh, for next year, yeah, I, I, that'd probably be one of the the choices I I'd, I'd go with for 360. Um, not too sure what's what's going on in the Wii. Uh, maybe some Epic Mickey.
0: Yeah, Meca- Epic Mickey. Yeah, that's nice.
1: And uh, yeah, that, for PS PS3 is probably the same for America Solid Ground Zero. mm
0: Hmm.
1: Maybe some deadly premonition think right. threat just cut, <laughs>
0: yeah, it's deadly, or yeah, or yeah, deadly premonition, that's definitely a good one,
1: yeah, it's that's all it's, that comes to mind, yeah.
0: yeah, so i mean i I do think it's a bit early to say which uh, when uh, which uh, which game is gonna be the swan song of uh, this generation just because it's not really over yet, and the, there's still only murmurs of uh. Uh, of uh, of the next Xbox or next PS uh, PlayStation or uh, the only thing that the only really big new console that's going to be going to be coming out that you could really apply this to is uh, the Wii just because the Wii U is coming out.
1: Yeah, for, for Nintendo they they need something they need a newer console most definitely and I, you know with S- Sony and Microsoft it's I think it's still still a little bit early to all of a sudden jump on the 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 wagon of newer consoles. I think that there's still a lot of life to be had, a lot of games to be produced on on the 360. They still look pretty good and you know but perform well. I mean it's all about uh more the gameplay than just the you know the actual presentation. But I mean that's for some games it's that's reserved for the PC where you can get a whole lot of a lot of uh, you know presentation power out of that and I mean, it's just the fact that, I, I mean, we still got some games coming out for thir- 2013. Who knows what will happen after that? Maybe, I mean, it's maybe, maybe in 2014, get, maybe get some sort of inkling on, or maybe a, just a newer console release. But, you well, know, for next year, I think it's, it's still too early for next year for anything new to come out from Sony or Microsoft for next year. It's, I think it's still too early for that.
0: Yeah. I, I, I'm not really sure how to gauge what the swan song is of this generation or what's, or what's kind of the big lasting uh, uh, game that will even go on to the next generation as being well-revered. And I, I think it might be easier for the GameCube, uh, not the GameCube for the Wii, just because there's not as many, you know, it, uh, third-party game, you know, supported games that are fantastic and, you know, first-party stuff that are. So, um, you know, Skyward Sword, I think is probably going to be the, the most well remembered game of uh, of um, of the Wii cycle, and even, and probably Metroid Prime uh, 3 Corruption, just because it actually used the Wii mote in a creative manner that made you know gameplay actually integral to the uh, motion controls, which was you know and also we, this generation is also the disillusionment of, of motion controls, It's because uh, you know the Wii was turned out to be not that uh, not that innovative in terms of using motion controls, the Kinect, although it's been an interesting experience it wasn't exactly a worthwhile one and the move well the move is the move so you we're not it's not moving anywhere and um that it yeah yeah but then jing ladies and gentlemen uh I mean, yeah but
1: yeah. out of those peripherals i i mean i'd say that the connect is i mean not not the most uh successful one per, i mean per se but I think it's it's one that is I think it's the most innovative out of um, you know the move in, in Wiimote. WeMo and I mean I, th- I mean it's still tr- it's still early in its you know in its uh, design or and you know cons- construction of, of the Connect I think it's, there still could be some potential for it um, in the future with with better with better uh, you know better better minds and and technology I think there's still it's still something that you can get out of uh, the connect. I mean, I've considered, I've considered getting it a couple of times, but then I realized that there, are... I don't know what games are good for for that. I know that, I think motion controls is, it's, it's got some potential. I'd say, but it, it just hasn't been. The technology is still too early for it to be anything groundbreaking yet. It's, it's. I think it's something that will be better executed in, and. Uh, you know, in a couple of years, if, if Microsoft's still willing to um, support it, unlike the move for Sony.
0: Yeah. it, Yeah. Well, the move for Sony is really just like the, uh, I don't know, the gallbladder for human beings. It's there for no other reason than it's just there. We're not using it anymore. So it might as well just kind of slowly die. Although the move, they did try... Uh, uh what, what was it the the uh, the unfinished swan which apparently was uh has been well regarded but i haven't heard anything about it because there's been no marketing for it so no wonder
1: yeah um i mean it's just it's just me i think the connect still it's 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 got some potential most definitely if uh, if microsoft is willing to um still support it um you know in a couple of years it's just i just still i just think that the the technology port is still too early. I mean, we saw what what the what the worst you can get out of out of the connect with the steel battalion.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean the steel battalion was not good. I mean, rise of nightmare was okay received, and uh, gun stringer got you know good reviews, and definitely looking forward to uh, seeing. If there's any other games going to be released that tries to push the hardware and uh, gameplay limitations of the Connect, Fable the Journey got kind of mediocre reviews, but at least it got a good laugh, as we all have made fun of the fact that it's a story about a man who's in romantic love with a horse. Wow. Yeah. It's just, it's just that interesting.
1: <laughs> the next Titanic.
0: Oh, yeah. Better love story than Twilight.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. That sounds more believable. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So, um, thank you very much, uh, Stanley Kubrick, for the question, and uh, thank you everybody for sending them all in. And this, uh, we, you know, like to thank all of you for uh, this, uh, key, continually keeping up your support and sending us questions. So, if you have any questions or comments go to our, our spill.com page under our group uh, under the group page and uh, for bloody thumbs podcast and uh, send us a question next time
1: most definitely and uh, we, we've got the the YouTube channel set up I know I logged in to the the account you gave me the information too recently and, and I know I uploaded the, the last episode we did up up on the uh, bloody thumbs podcast uh, Channel on YouTube, so I think if you just search out Bloody Thumbs podcast, it should be should show up there as as a channel name for what we have so far. I I, I wanted to put in the real Bloody Thumbs, but I guess that was a too long of a channel name for YouTube. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I I also tried to beat the guys to the punch who uh, who had the uh, uh, the group name Blistered Thumbs and channel Awesome. So yeah, I I think our name is much cooler and we we beat them to the punch.
1: Yeah, it's more more appealing uh, the the bloodiness and, and blisters blisters are not and uh, not, not blisters
0: very... aren't sexy yes. yeah i mean you have you don't have like spartacus blisters in sand you have blood in sand you like, blood sounds like visceral it sounds oh it, you're in the you're in, gonna be in for a treat of destruction but yeah. now the blisters like ow oh, i stubbed my toe
1: Yeah, fit like a 50 cent blood in the sand that sounds <laughs> cooler than blisters in the sand <laughs> Which just doesn't sound very very uh comfortable.
0: At all. I would I'd I j I, I, I just love that I just got an image now of just 50 uh walking in the desert like and he just falls over and like his homies are up are in front of him, like 50, what's up, man? And he goes, Damn, motherfucker, slow down. I got myself a blister, all right? Damn. Takes off a shoe, looks at like oh man, that's gonna scab over, man. And then right. that's it.
1: That's the worst. <laughs> That's the in, that's the intro cue title screen.
0: <laughs> Done. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's the it, main that, menu. It's just 50 cent in the sand looking at his toe. It's like the menu screen next to him. New game, load game, and he's like, "Ah, oh, man, Does that, have any Neosporin."
1: That, that's the that's the first footage we get at E3. <laughs>
0: it's
1: like I'm looking forward to this game. It's got, you got know, everything. Real blisters technology.
0: <laughs> Unreal Engine 4 defines real blisters.
1: Forget the sweat it's pouring off the the character models. You got the blisters start developing as you walk. So you have to go sit down and treat it like Solid 3. You got to pull out the the goodies. You got you got to get a snake to bite it and maybe maybe heal it and put some alcohol and uh, neosporin on it. And a then cigar t- butt and tread on. Tread on.
0: Yeah, it's. It def, I think that would definitely be the best sequel to Blood in the Sand. Just 50 Cent dealing with blisters.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's that's also there on on the YouTube channel. We got Bloody Thumbs podcast channel up on there. Like I mentioned, I got the um, 116 on on uploaded on there. So that's there if anyone wants to check it out. And it's just uh, you know all available there rather than the, having to download it. Cause just watch it on good old YouTube there and. Uh, Hopefully we'll get some um, exclusive buddy Thumbs content on that channel. I'll, oh yeah, I'll work out some things, do my own uh, CHS corner on there. Maybe that'll be enticing for some for some people to subscribe, and uh, definitely my YouTube channel as well. I'll you know post a link in the in the show notes. I mentioned like I mentioned before, I-, I finished my Resident Evil Three Nemesis playthrough now. I'm just uh i'm sure unsure what i'm gonna gonna be playing on the channel so mm. it's all you know it's one of those things where uh I just post random stuff on that channel so expect the randomness whether it be uh some gameplay footage or just you know i i reviewing uh a, a movie or something like that it's <laughs> you know you get you get all you get the spontaneous side of me yeah. uh, through that channel so
0: oh yeah i mean and, it it's all give and take just, you know, trying to find uh, the best thing that works out for you in your schedule.
1: Most definitely. And uh, the Twitters, as we mentioned all every week at, uh, yeah. I'm at Spooner 47 and, and you're at CH underscore Gorog. I've, I've noticed a l- your, your little tweets de- developing every now and then. It's yeah. cool. Yeah, I'm,
0: yeah, I'm writing a little bit more often, which you know, makes me very, very happy that I get to, I get to express myself and all my followers who are wondering, Was I dead for the past six months? so yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you could follow us at uh, Twitter. We are also at under iTunes uh look us under at uh, Blyums podcast, yes, and subscribe. Um, you can go to our YouTube channel and uh subscribe to us and like our videos or our individual group pages and uh, I am uh, not sure of what else we can plug.
1: Uh yeah that that's you know pretty much it I mean I'll, I'll make it easy on everyone and you know leave the links in the in the show notes and I know that um I know that the uh, extra life thing is going on I didn't have time to to set up anything for it I would have you know gladly played games for twenty four hours and that's uh, uh certain and for the kids you know
0: oh yeah gotta, the chillin
1: gotta help the kids and. I don't know if um, that's something that you could do anytime, but I think this certain. I think it's for a certain date, so maybe next year we'll do some sort of live stream. Um, we'll do something. We'll make it. We'll work something out. Maybe oh, I'll yeah? maybe I'll have a better internet connection where we could do some uh, Xbox Live gaming and also stream it. Who knows?
0: Sounds good. Sounds excellent.
1: Anything can happen. So. Mm-hmm. That is uh that is our episode for today one seventeen we got a lot of things covered
0: yes yes indeed and uh, we covered a lot of topics ranging from uh, uh 50 Cent uh looking over his blisters to our most expected games to um well some new recent developments in uh, video game culture although I can't seem to remember oh yes the Xbox Live retiring the Facebook Twitter thing. so yeah we had a lot of good a lot of good topics today.
1: Yes, we've had, we've you know discussed many things about our Halloween. Well, we <clears> might do for Halloween too, so <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Maybe maybe we'll have a spooktacular episode of Bloody Thumbs.
0: Ooh, that that'd be good.
1: <laughs> have a Halloween version of the th- of the intro song. Who knows?
0: Yeah, it's, it sounds it sounds wonderful. Like one of those like a spooktacular Halloween specials. Like hey, it's it's the great pumpkin Charlie Brown, but it's like hey, it's Bobby Kotick johnny brown charlie brown not johnny brown i was thinking of johnny bravo for some reason it's like oh that those are two different characters
1: yeah do some sort of uh um play reading that'd be that'd be cool i'll have to involve a lot of writing from the both of us there and that's why i kind of i kind of use twitter because you know it, it's it challenges you to write something creative and or funny or you know repulsive in in, a, in 140 characters so it's Maybe something we could do for 140 characters and that that'll be it that'll be the Halloween episode just a one minute read you know play play reading for like a minute
0: mm-hmm. oh yeah I, I'm looking forward to that and you know I would, I'd actually like to try something out for the Halloween uh, season so uh, you know keep your eyes and ears out open for that
1: all right sounds good so um, thanks again for listening everybody uh, as always, the the iTunes is there. That's a good. That's the key there. We wanna try to get into at least the top ten, of the video game podcast. Try to beat, you know, X Play and things like that. We'll see. We'll see. Anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Anything so. can happen. I mean, if if you know if Shaq could get his own game, I think we could get in the top ten of the iTunes. <laughs> Shaq Fu, baby. Shaq Fu. Yes, I'm waiting for a remake every day. <laughs> so yeah, I'm Spooner Forty Seven, everybody. Thank you for listening, and uh, I'll be signing off myself.
0: All right, and I am C.H. Gorog. Uh, Thank you very much for listening, and uh, we hope you all have a very excellent day or night, and uh, we'll see you next time.